You are a little bit quiet, Zoe. I am quite far away from the laptop because it's literally in my lap. I try <sighs> move it closer. Uh, moving it really, closer works. No, you're just very small. I just, I just remembered a thing over the weekend when I was at a wedding and... Uh, so very small. Someone... Uh, it was someone posted a thing up on the, on the Facebook and, and Troy responded to it and uh, she she mentioned back to him in the comments it said Troy Small oh yes there's it. and uh, someone responded going no Claire Troy far away Hello, and welcome to Dangerously Humprepet. Ho, ho, ho. I am Simon, and joining me as ever are Jack. Hello. And Kyrie. Ho, ho, hello. And not Rob, who, this week, we shall call Zoe. Hello. Zoe is actually on the show this week, because we, we figured, well, I figured, that given the topic, Zoe would be part of the conversation no matter what happened. So Yeah, but this way I don't get to play Crusader Kings simultaneously, so it's not fair. <laughs> no, but people can actually hear you. So you can. I do like the idea of on this episode, Rob will be played by <laughs> Yes. So, um before we get to tonight's topic, mm. I think that Kyrie is playing Crusader Kings just to prove that you can do it simultaneously. I have Steam notifications. I can see what I you're was, doing. I was banking on that. <laughs> I had a feeling you were. Unfortunately, mm. now the joke's on me because I hit I hit run just to get it up to get that joke going, and now it's saying it's running, but there is no window for Crusader Kings, so I oh. can't tell how to close it. <laughs> oh, there we go. There we go. I fixed it. I fixed it. Uh, but yes, there are certain things that I feel like we have to address. Yeah. Maybe so should we... that by the time this episode airs, the UK will be in a an economic apocalypse, potentially, or an econocalypse. Uh, I'm and... not going to release it in March next year. What are you talking about? Well, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> and also, by this time the episode airs, there may potentially be no titties hey on Tumblr. Yes, the Tumblocalypse was, yes. was actually what I was referring to. Yes. yes. Tumblr's going to try and ban porn. Tumblr a service used primarily for hosting porn. Yeah. Kaden is going yeah. to try and ban porn. This strikes me as a terrible idea. I wouldn't say primarily. Then you haven't looked at Tumblr properly. I mean, I don't have porn come across my de- poor choice of words. I don't have porn appear in my dash. Same, same. Just but... because you're not following it doesn't mean that 90% of the audience isn't porn. Yeah. Kaden. Yeah. Unfortunately, right. Actually, before we get properly started, I mean, on the no, most of the porn I see is those fucking bots that keep yes. following me that I have to block. Constantly. Yeah, they're ninety percent of the user base. Yeah, before we properly dig into this, as mm-hmm. I have received more requests for updates on this than if any of the humans involved in the show are well, Caden uh, has been given the all clear and a full recovery, and he's back to being a complete and utter asshole. Yeah, it was. It was immediate. It was. So actually, that was quite amusing. 
uh, as we may have mentioned on the show before, he had bladder stones. He had surgery yeah. to remove most of them. Yeah. But there was one stuck in his urethra when he was discharged from the uh, animal hospital. Oh, that's too oh, no. delicate and fiddly to get out with surgery. However, yeah. With male cats, because their urethras are so oh, we're actually narrow, going into this. Okay. Now I'm going to go into the full detail, <laughs> including what the vet said would have yes. to be done if he had chronic bladder stones, because this whole saga has Phil, just been a thing. thank you for thing. the donation. We've now, we've, we're now going into the science portion of the show. Yeah. A, cat, a male cat's urethra is very thin, so it can become easily blocked, and in that case, all the toxins in the urine will basically poison them. Yes, it's really one of the reasons quickly. the stones were such an important yeah. thing, is a urethral blockage can kill a male cat in hours. Yeah. Oh my god, you can literally get killed with cock block. Yes. Yeah. Wow. However, if <laughs> this results in, if a cat has chronic bladder stone issues, mm. there is a solution. According right. to the vet we were talking to on Sunday, who fixed Katie up quite well, so this was not a thing that we're going to have to do. But, oh, God, it made us completely break down. Yeah, if if it is a chronic problem, they will re- remove the penis and basically give the cat a little kitty cat vulvoplasty. They will give the male cat genital gender reassignment surgery so they have a, a, not, not a vagina because they don't need one but it is basically yeah it's a cat vagina plastic but yep. yeah that's what the yeah. actual that's interesting huh. yeah so you're yeah. just sitting there going I can't no, I, I can't go peak tumbler I can't have a cat that has had bottom <laughs> surgery this is too ridiculous. It was just so ridiculous because it was late at night. We were so worried about the cat, and we were just like, "What? What Aww. did they do? What?" Yep, they but, they literally started talking to us about giving up cat vulva plastic whilst we were in the office with them. Wow, it was weird. But also, they had a fox which kept distracting them. Yes, that's true. They were very excited about a wild fox being. Uh, admitted whilst we were there. Aww. We were more worried that uh, they kept leaving the door open and Caden might bolt out and meet the fox, which I think would be a terrible idea for both of them. Yeah. yeah. But what happened when we got him home uh, was, I mean, we took him in as an emergency case because we saw him really, really straining at the litter box and he hadn't peed all day and uh, we were worried about that whole blockage can kill in hours thing. Sure. I think understandably. Mm. Yes. Um, so we got him home, and they were like, okay, he's fine right now. Here's how to check the bladder, keep an eye on him, make we've sure it doesn't him, become a problem. We've given him a massage in case that Oh, yes, can, yes, a penis massage. So that can dislodge whatever's in there, because that's very important, because I think that freaking worked, because he I came home. did. And he went to the litter box, and he started straining and straining and straining. Nothing happened, nothing happened. And then, like a champagne cork... <laughs> That happened. Why yeah. would you use that exact turn of phrase? <laughs> because it was a pressure building up behind an obstruction which fired out and then he was fine. Like, immediate personality transformation. He became his old self again instantly. After weeks of being sort of lethargic and not being as clingy as, well, sometimes being clingy, but not being as 
affectionate as usual and mm. not being as insistent on climbing all over us as usual. He just suddenly went completely back to normal, went back to being talkative, affectionate, interfering, all these things. And all it took was the shock of a cock block rock. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yes. So anyway, uh, that's that. The cat is fine. And also... <laughs> Weird, <laughs> weird conversations with bets. But Tumblr, <laughs> speaking of uh, vulvaplasty, Tumblr is banning porn and yeah. mass their exodus. Specific, their specific rules state that they are banning photogra- photographs of genitals or, in their words, female presenting nipples. Yeah, that's an interesting turn of phrase. And any... Photographs, photos, gifts, videos, videos, or art, illustrations, yeah. yeah, or artwork and illustrations of sex acts, and this will they want. This will be mostly enforced by automation, but they want everybody to dob in any porn that they see, which I've been trying to fucking do for ages by just reporting all these bots as spam, but they didn't appear to care at that point. Sure. And it wasn't about them being caught, it was about them being spam. But yeah, unfortunately, their algorithm is absolute garbage. And when it comes to quote-unquote female presenting nipples, which is like mega ridiculous and transphobic on its own, and just ridiculous about why are nails, nipples that people consider male okay, but nipples that have just a bit of extra fat and glands behind them are illegal now. That's ridiculous. But anyway, their algorithm seems to target anything that is sort of pinkish, white person, flesh-coloured right. and circular as being yeah, I've seen, I've seen some interesting pictures that have been flagged, like yeah. a cat's belly. Yeah, <laughs> Our cat's yeah. belly right now, because he's had his belly shaved, so it would be a Aww. pink round thing. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Sand and dunes. it would have nipples on it. Are they but... female presenting, though? He hasn't had the vulvoplasty. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it's true. Um, and and I don't know what his opinion is anyway. Have <laughs> you seen who's come to... Uh, tum- to the Tumblr users' aid, though. No. Fornhub. <laughs> it fucking would, wouldn't it? They're trying Porn- to get all the porn creators to move over. Pornhub have, for, for a very long time, had their own uh, illustration submission and writing submission and all this kind of thing on their community. It's just and, no one fucking knew about it. Yeah. I certainly didn't. And they've gone for, you know, all you, all Tumblr users, you're more than welcome to come and join our community because hey, we've got, we've not yeah. got a problem with this. <laughs> I've seen a whole bunch Call of hilarious, yeah. <laughs> I've seen a whole bunch of great Twitter threads of people, specifically in this case, genderqueer sex workers, trying to figure out precisely a what the algorithm thinks is 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 banned. Mm. And B, how to get around it. So yes. just all sorts of weird shenanigans, including discovering that drawing green MS paint triangles around the nipples and over your eyes confuses the algorithm into thinking this is fine. <laughs> I, I think the most interesting thing I've seen that come out of this, right, is someone 
posting a like a, I think I forget it was a, whether it was a picture of like a, a sort of a, a simulacra of a breast, or it might even have been a dim sum. That the whole point of the, the the experiment was that they basically just put a shitload of filters yeah. over this picture to make it essentially unrecognizable, and went right under which filters does this get recognized as a breast, and which filters doesn't it, and therefore. Which filters do we have to put our porn in in order to not get? And it was like, so we can have uh, mosaic porn. That is that is allowed, <laughs> and we can have uh, well, as Japan has decided for a long time, mosaic yes. is the way to go. We we can have uh, green porn if you just tint everything green. That that works. <laughs> and my favorite one was you can also have really, really, really low res JPEG artifact porn. That is good go through fun. I'm like, Old yes, a, finally a return to the golden days of the late 90s. <laughs> Presumably bad MPEG compression would also work. Yeah. Wow. yeah. It's like the good old days. One of nice. the, I've, I've, the moment I first heard of the ban and hadn't read it through, I was like, okay, time to post like 8 million photos of Michelangelo's David and paintings <laughs> of Venus. And then I read it and I was like, oh, okay, those are allowed. But no, the, no, they're not. Everybody who has a medieval history blog or a medieval art blog and has they are been getting posting, as, been as classical religious paintings that happen <laughs> to involve boobs because boobs are a thing people have. And we use the term boobs very loosely here in the case of Michelangelo. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, no, they weren't Michelangelo because, God, those aren't male presenting nipples. Those. No. Um, yeah. Those are oranges strapped to a young boy's chest. <laughs> Please, sir, why are you making me do this? Because <laughs> the Pope says I have to paint a woman. <laughs> I think another another great thing I've seen come out of it is basically people just like, the, the amount of times we've, we've seen posts doing the rounds of uh, this post has been flagged and going, why? <laughs> but the absolute best one I've seen is someone saved the announcement from Tumblr staff as a JPEG. <laughs> And posted, and posted it, it. <laughs> and it got flagged. Oh, that's beautiful. Wow. I think my favourite thing to come out of it has been largely unrelated, but of course people are now looking for alternative platforms uh, to do their blogs on. Uh, one of which is looking like Pillowfort is going to take a lot of the user base. Now, a guy I know who is, uh, you know, works the bar at one of the loading bar venues near me sure. has the Twitter handle Pillowfort. Oh dear. Okay. So he's just been Twitter searching the word pillow fort and responding to people as if they're talking about him. Oh. So there's things like, you know, oh, pillow fort's interesting, but it's really new and I know nothing about it. And he just replies, I'm 28 years old. You've had so many years. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's great. I'm, I'm really enjoying his feed right now. The the Tumblr apocalypse is mo is mostly sort of funny and I oh, will leave, but there is the sort of sinister aspect that we can re be reminded of the first time Tumblr decided to ban the search tag lesbian because it mm -hmm. decided that was porn. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of sex ed resources are going away, and somebody posted a picture of it was a post containing all the pride flags, and, and that got taken down. But yeah, because their file names were all the name of the flag, they, oh. they all got taken down, except the asexual one. I always like the uh, the screenshot that compares um, the search results for the word lesbian and the search result for, I can't remember if it was just white supremacy or Nazi or something, yeah. 
But one of them had lots of results, and one of them was shadow banned. And uh, yeah. Yeah, it's not the one that should be shadow banned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the Tumblocalypse is happening. Yeah, so also apparently. <laughs> this is apparently, just. Oh, sorry. This is it. Apparently, Juggalo makeup also throws the uh, the bot off off Juggalo kilter. Juggalo porn so, is going to come so right ju- back in. Juggalo <laughs> porn is absolutely is apparently absolutely fine. So basically, what we're gathering from this is my porn searches on Tumblr are going to remain entirely unchanged. Well, and the good news for us is if, oh, yeah, if Juggalo porn is fine, then so presumably will be all clown porn. So we're Harley fine. And, oh Har- my god! The Harley and Joker fandom are <laughs> fucking laughing. Oh god! Jesus Christ! Ruins. Yeah, <laughs> as we have done so many times before. But you're talking of which, like, this is reminding me of the time Live Journal did the exact same thing and killed itself. Apart yeah, from and now it's just, uh, just Russians. Uh, yeah, it's just a big empty warehouse full of the Russian mafia. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. <laughs> yeah, well, they did the exact same thing, and I was like, no, 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 we're, it was the same. We're trying to ban child porn thing. Yeah, and I remember in their first trying to ban child porn sweep, they managed to delete um, a book a book club that community that was currently discussing Vladimir Nabokov's Lolita. And also multiple child sexual abuse support um, victim and survivor support communities. Good job, Live Journal. Yeah, that is why no one visits you anymore. Yeah. Oh, Live Journal, grief. So eventually, eventually, Live Journal will just be the Russian mafia, and Tumblr will just be the porn bots reblogging each other and getting banned. (laughs) Yeah, or not getting banned, depending. Yeah, they've never gotten banned. I get. I get a new follower notification and click on it, and then it's immediately really gross, fully shaved, hetero stuff that I don't want to see. All animated. Mm. Dicks going into all sorts of orifices, and I'm just like, <laughs> okay, this this is fine, but the word lesbian, no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Tumblr, you shall not be missed. Oh, and text posts are real fine. It's just it's just going after pictures. So yes. I'm not saying we should go back and and start just posting all the ASCII porn. I mean, that was someone's immediate response. Was I did see um, uh, someone post ASCII porn with flag this motherfucker just yeah. immediately. <laughs> and we can we can go back to those days of using euphemisms in our writing and make writing smut that doesn't specifically mention anything in particular. <laughs> Amazing. Yes. Nice. Yeah, it's 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 funny, but it's also tragic because the amount of the amount of educational resources that will be targeted. Mm. Well, and, and more to the yeah. point, because of in in all fairness, the types of porn communities Tumblr hosts, it's largely going to affect uh, communities who are yeah self produced amateur conscientious eth- uh, ethical porn being produced by people in. Already pretty marginalised communities who are finding yeah. it very hard to find anywhere as an outlet. It's there is a huge amount of harm going on here. We joke about uh, uh, it a lot, but it's actually a terrible, terrible idea. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, it's it's funny but sad, like so many things in life. True at enough. The moment you just you just got to laugh while you cry. But that's, following that's the, 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 the bad news, good news, sandwich philosophy of delivering bad news, uh, the Captain Marvel second trailer dropped, and yeah. it looks amazing in it's a much so more positive. Have we all seen it? Yes. 
<gasps> you you should see it. Yeah, it's I really good. It looks damn good. I I am happy with what and I saw. And it reveals a very very important detail about Nick Fury's personality that we hadn't known before. Yes, yes, it does. <laughs> Nick Fury is confirmed for Cat Person. Excellent. Because Chewie the cat is in this trailer, and there is a scene of Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury just fussing Chewie the cat, going, "Who are you? Oh, hello, you're so pretty." And it's just like, <laughs> "Oh, this is the best moment in cinema history." Like a true cat person. It's not even. They're not even trying to be all like, "Oh, Nick Fury wouldn't do that." And it's like, no, all cat people. It's full do that. on baby voice cat person. It's full on. You're a kitty from Nick Fury. It's great. <laughs> Also, they just after the last trailer just prompted instant um, Carol Danvers punches old ladies memes. Yeah. Uh, the first thing they do in this trailer is show an extended version of that scene where she punches the old lady, and the old lady immediately drop kicks her. So, <laughs> old lady confirmed for scroll. Yeah, or or just hyper aggressive, really limber old lady. Like we still don't see evidence that she's a scroll, but she was clearly down for the fight. Where is that set again? Uh, it's on a train. It could be anywhere in the States, uh, really. Okay. But I was going to say, there's a few places in the States I can think of where it could be, no, that is just an old lady yeah. that's local to that area. <laughs> yeah. like, that's Brooklyn or Flint, very, Michigan. Very, very limber old lady. Yeah. She bends in ways the human body is not supposed to bend. I have seen some old ladies bend in very, very interesting ways. But what after sure December the 17th, have. I will not see them again. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Tumblr. Uh, it also shows us the um, the faux hawk helmet going on, coming off. We we can see how that's going to work in the movie, which delights me because that's one of yeah. my favorite aspects of <laughs> McKelvey's yeah. design. Of it sort of explains the weird green suit. Well, yeah, we yeah. sort of got a hint of that in the first oh, okay. trailer, but that's the, the the colors from when she was fighting with the Kree. Yeah, we see we see her go Super Saiyan. Yeah, we yeah. do. Yeah, we do on an entire <laughs> space battle, and and quote whoever it was posted just that scene on Twitter. Thanos be fucked. <laughs> Thanos be so fucked. So I'm looking forward to Captain Marvel in a big bad way, which actually wouldn't be a bad place to segue because she would be on my list. But you had other stuff you had been looking at, Jack. I've got a few little things. <gasps> So, uh, what have we got here? So, have you seen that Epic are due to release a Steam competitor next year? Uh, no. Also, yeah. don't really think that will go anywhere. No. Who are Epic? Epic? Did you say who are Epic? Epic? Game. Yeah. Uh, well, currently, to speak the language of the youth, they're the Fortnite guys, but oh, uh, yeah. they have done a lot. Yeah, they are one of the big publishers. Yeah. Oh, Katie, your belly's so weird. Oh, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know the Unreal Engine that everything runs on? Or everything yeah. used to run on until Unity came out? Yeah. Uh, they made that. Yeah. Uh, they made it for their little-known game Unreal, and Unreal Tournament, Unreal. and Unreal Tournament 2 and 3, and they also did Gears of War numbers. and you know they, they've done quite a lot of things in their time gotcha yeah they're, okay. they're claiming that developers will get 88% of the sales 
price for it as well. Wasn't that Ichio that was <laughs> making that claim? Mm. Anyway, I mean that is that is a good competitive point um, mm. where competition in the market could help developers out because Steam's cut are ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's thing of when it first starts. Obviously, there'll be focus. The first sort of wave will be epic games. Yeah. But after from there, they have gone any developer for any kind of format. It's all good. So it will start off with PC, then it'll go through console and to mobile as well. So if you want to develop a mobile game to go Christine on to Steam Love's it, just going to flood it with lesbians. Do. Yep. And yeah, Spriter has um, just raised what I was hinting at. Um, we've just seen Steam change their, um, their cut. Yeah. And there is a discount above twenty million dollar mark in sales, and there's another discount above fifty million dollars in sales. Ooh. Yeah, to to only what was it a quarter? I think. So basically, you hit that target every time someone buys a copy of Oda Nobunaga's Quest or Ambition or whatever it's called. <laughs> I, I did see one of the devs um, I follow say, "Well, I'm just going to make a fifty million dollar DLC and wait for that one whale to just make my life easy." <laughs> There's that whole thing when when Steam announced how much they were making off of it, and then pretty much the entire entire workforce went. So we want a raise. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, mean uh, good old it, games, of course, has been bought out by CD Projekt Red, so that's their delivery system. I did not know that. That's pretty cool. That's been for a while now. They bought that mm. out a little while ago. Um, I had no idea. So that's where Cyberpunk 2077 will be. Uh, Battle.net, of course, is Blizzard's online storefront, yes. and that's going to become a bigger deal to them because they now have Destiny offered through there, which isn't even a Blizzard game, so it begins. Huh. Interesting. Ubisoft obviously have Uplay. Yep. yep, Humble Bundle, as Spriter points out, is owned by IGN. This is a, a slightly this different is... case. They aren't a games developer, but... Yeah. Yeah. This is Activision. This is a yeah. similar problem, I feel like, that's happening with TV. At the moment, everybody's putting up their own competitors. And, yeah, because yeah. with, with TV, like Netflix started, everything went on to Netflix. So everyone subscribed to Netflix because it had everything. Mm. Yeah. And then all the networks were like, oh, that's really successful. We'll make our own version, pull all our content off of Netflix and make our own version. And no one Just subscribed like no one... to their version because it didn't have everything. And people no. started unsubscribing from Netflix. Because it no longer had everything. <laughs> the, the, yeah. the major major difference here being that the TV streaming deals, like your Amazon, your Netflix, and your Now TV, and all that sort of stuff, are a subscription-based model. Yeah. Yes. So to, to be able to watch all the shows that you want to watch, if they're across multiple things, you have to spend more than you would have spent back in the day, even adjusted for inflation, on you know TV license and cable deal. I mean, I'd say... No, I think you underestimate how expensive cable is. I'd say it's yeah. equivalent. Equivalent. <laughs> but, but you end up not saving any money, yeah. That yeah, was why it's... Netflix was such a good deal, was because this is significantly cheaper than even your basic cable deal, and yes. you get stuff. But now, if you've got <laughs> yeah. Hulu, Netflix, if you like anime, you've got Crunchyroll to subscribe to, and now if you want the CBS stuff, there's, they're there, the Marvel stuff on its own network, the Disney stuff on its own network, the DC stuff on its own network... Although I don't know if the DC network is going to be doing anything in the UK. I don't know if they're still releasing stuff through Amazon. I hope DC they're going to the continue UK. to release stuff through Amazon in the UK because 
as much as I like DC animated stuff, I don't want to pay another subscription to watch it. Yeah, I'll I'll yeah. just not. I will be sorely tempted to pay a subscription just for Young Justice season three. It, it, it I yeah. don't know if I will, but it it would tempt me. I'm not going to lie. That is the problem. Is every service has it's it's like the console killer apps. You know, mm, you've got yeah. Star Trek Discovery on CBS. You've got Young Justice season three on the DC network. Marvel might be looking like a must subscribe if they take the Netflix shows and redo them on the Marvel network. Well, they've just mm. killed. Daredevil, haven't they? Yeah, but they killed Daredevil, saying we look forward to more in the future. Yeah. So yeah. Obviously, it's all migrating. Been putting out feelers. I don't know if there have been announcements or feelers or, or what about a, a Loki series and a, a yeah. Falcon and yeah. uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah, um, yeah. There's, there's definitely a Loki TV series. I've seen news about that. And I'm like, I would love to see a Loki TV series if it was Loki Agents of Asgard. Yeah, Agents of Asgard. Yeah, that would but be like, great. I don't know if, because Disney would potentially be involved with, well, so you know, somewhere up the ladder, there's Disney involved in it. And I don't know how well that would gel with some of the stuff in Loki, Agent of Asgard. Mm. It, would, it would be interesting. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that, um, that uh, but you but, say these are all subscriptions. We've gotten wildly off the point. Yeah, <clears throat> the point being that the games, uh, stream, we're well, not streaming, but the games, um, Services like uh, Steam and like uh, this Epic thing and, and uh, Battle.net and all that sort of stuff, as far as I'm aware, are not subscription based. Well, this yeah. is what I was about to say. Yeah. Can you subscribe to Humble Bundle? Yes. Yes, you can. Yes. Yeah. Uh, are there subscription games on Battle.net? Yes, there are. Uh, you know, it's it's coming. It, the uh, EA. Uh, you've got the EA Premiere subscription. You've got the Xbox mm. Gold uh, games the on Xbox. Free, you get the free old games. Plus. You get the free old games on Origin sometimes, even when you're not Premiere. Cause, yes, but yeah. there is the Premiere service. Uh, so mm-hmm. subscription gaming is coming yeah. between mm. um, the Xbox Game Pass, uh, PlayStation Now, PlayStation Now. You know, yeah. it's moving in that direction. Yep. It is definitely yep. moving in that direction. It's just the the next step on the evolution of that sort of thing, really, isn't it? Yeah. And yes, as Sprite points out, I also have to pay for my wrestling subscriptions. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking Not. of which, there's been news in that department. <gasps> so it's been announced that NXT UK talent contracts are getting tightened up. Uh, when NXT UK started... All the talent was allowed to basically wrestle whatever show they wanted, whatever indie show, because Uh I think they knew how long it would take to get NXT UK to air and that these people needed to feed themselves. Yeah. Um, However, rumors are that their re-upped contracts severely limit their options of wrestling outside of the WWE and selected partner promotions, uh, widely believed to be like progress. Yeah. Uh, and I'm wondering if a recent announcement about the Eve wrestling show I'm going to this weekend feeds into this at all. Because they're doing a rematch of the uh, championship match that happened at the end of She Won that we watched, uh, where Kaylee Ray versus Charlie Morgan was interrupted by Nina Samuels and Nina walked away as champion. Uh, they're doing a rematch, a triple threat of that. 
Now, it's worth noting that Nina Samuels and Charlie Morgan are NXT UK talent. So when these changes go into effect, if they are true, they may not be able to wrestle at EVE anymore. Kaylee Ray is not. Uh, so she will be able to. And it has been announced that Nina has demanded this be a no rematch clause match, that if Kaylee Ray or Charlie Morgan uh, and Charlie Morgan lose, they do not get to challenge her again. And Eve have magnanimously agreed on the condition that she accepts the same terms. So if she loses, she will not be entitled to a rematch. So I think they're going to hand it to Kaylee Ray and yeah. wash their hands of Charlie and Nina and say, well, it's all right, you can't challenge for the title again because you're not going to be able to wrestle with us for much longer. So if that's the case, that's a little bit annoying. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. If NXT UK is now an ongoing concern with regular filming commitments, I can see why they're doing it. But, ooh, I like they seeing these want, people. They don't want Charlie Morgan killing herself, throwing Jumping herself off the balconies. Off. Jumping off balconies when they don't get to make money. Yeah, off absolutely. If, if you're going to throw yourself off a balcony, it's going to be our balcony. I think is the attitude there. Yeah, it's our balcony or no balcony. Basically, <laughs> that. Uh, also, like we're noticing, uh, Walter over in Progress, who recently signed with NXT UK, uh, did a big open announcement for any wrestler in the world to challenge him for his title, so he could lose it. Uh, <laughs> so it's it's starting to happen. We shall see what comes of it. I would like Eve yeah. to become one of those partner promotions, though, because they are like the biggest women's only division in Europe. And the, the amount of Eve talent that is also NXT UK talent is not a coincidence. Yeah, uh, but their T-shirt depicting the boss's buddy won't go down very well. Well, pile driver fascist. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, might, <laughs> that might not be the most popular T-shirt at WWE's Titan Towers. That's true. Because yeah. guess who... The fascist in question is. is... Is is it the Donald? It might just be. Uh. Well, it's... I mean, it's not explicitly the Donald, but it could certainly be read that way. Right, gotcha. <laughs> well, let's not forget Hall of Famer Donald Trump. Yes. Yeah. WWE Hall of Famer. Vince's mm. buddy. But who's, who's your favourite in EVE, Simon? Charlie, Charlie, Charlie fucking Morgan. Charlie, Charlie, Charlie fucking Morgan. Would you say that you, you care about Charlie, 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 Charlie fucking Morgan? Well, that depends. Jack, did you have anything else to bring to the table? Uh, I was going to mention that the uh, PS Classic's already been compromised. Oh, for fuck, yes. oh it's, it's, it's actually much worse than that. Though. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, in that basically people have gone and looked into the source code stuff. I don't know how computers work, so forgive me if I'm using completely wrong terminal. People have dug around in the guts and found the files and all that in there and have gone... They harassed the pixies into giving them the yeah, data. exactly. And they've gone, um, there are like 35 other games in here yeah. that just aren't active. Yeah. Like, they've, they've put the, the like... The, the documents for the game in so there. loudly, so... Josh, I'll, I mute it for the podcast. And like, um, there's all the documents and stuff in there, all the files for these games, but not the way to run them. Yeah, and so basically, it's less, it's less shitty, more just like basically Sony made this thing where right, let's we haven't decided what games we're going to put on there yet, but we've got at least all the, the files for them. Let's put them all on there and then decide which ones we're going to keep. Okay, and then just didn't delete the ones that they didn't want to keep. Okay, well that's yeah. pretty cool actually. 
So it, it are, is, but there's still are, no way to run them yet. Not no. yet, but they're there. People are, people are theorizing that you'll be able to potentially might release like a USB. They have categorically update. said they are not doing any updates for the PS Classic. There are going to be no more games for the PlayStation Classic. So it's not unboxed DLC. It's no. not unboxed DLC. That was yeah, what was coming up as there shady there to me. And forgot about it. Yeah, because yeah, that, um, that would be fucking shady. Because we've seen it before where you actually get a game download, you buy the game, and it already contains planned DLC that you then have yeah. to pay to unlock. That is one of the shadiest gaming business practices yeah. going. Yeah. Is that believe... the one that has does it have the Tomb Raider game that my it sister has... yeah, that my sister has... locked the butler and drowned him in the swimming pool because he kept creeping her out. <laughs> no, it's got, so I think it's got Tomb Raider one, but not, not Tomb Raider two, which is the one where you can lock the butler in the freezer. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah she was really creeped one... out by him, so she he locked him so in the fucking creepy, though. Oh, he is. He's no yeah. he's no um stealthy Watson. <laughs> From the oh, Sherlock Holmes Jesus. games, but he's pretty Watson, bad. Yeah. Watson, get the hell away from me. <laughs> Creepy Watson. Um, it's also got, I think, on the Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver, which is a game I've just started playing on Steam recently. I'm going to start doing some recording to release that for our YouTube channel. Cool, cool. Soul Reaver's um, pretty good. Okay, for my sister's, sister's knowledge, does it have um, Spyro? No. No. Okay, it does so, have Crash Bandicoot. Okay, that's all right then. I was going to say it's garbage, but if it has Crash Bandicoot, <laughs> she might be. It's only semi-garbage if it has Crash. Yeah. But yeah, eventually, I mean, these games will be able to be playable. Mm-hmm. It's just going to take some people hacking it in the same yeah. way people hacked the NES Classic. And, and the, my sister has SNES very mini. strong opinions about PlayStation games. No other yeah. games. She has not been into any other gaming before or since. Which reminds me, I need to try and fix her PlayStation. Yeah, she still has it. <laughs> she wants it fixed. It's the only games console she's ever loved, and it stopped working. So it's it's in oh. my living room, so I can it's crack it open C- and give it some TLC. It's the CD reading. Yeah. Yeah, it's like everything else on it seems to be fine. I think I think with PlayStations, what usually happens is the motor that moves the read head seizes up. So if you just uh, give it a bit of jiggle and a bit of WD forty. You can usually bring them back to life, so I'm hoping I can for yeah. Christmas give her her own PlayStation One, or alternatively, give her a PlayStation Mini that's been cracked, and just say, "Oh, it shrank in the wash." Yeah, I might do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the other option, right? Although we're not, we're not suggesting strong... people crack their, their no, mini no, consoles. No, no. I, found, no. I found the I found the list of what the other games were that were was um, was Resident Evil Two on there at all. Uh no, dead to me. You've got Tekken two, Colin McRae Rally, Crash one and two, Toy Story two, Driver, Ergeist, Fighting Force. This is garbage so far. This is none the of the games we played. Good. Gran Turismo. And Gran Turismo's quality material, as is GTA two, which is also on there. Yeah. Okay. Harry Potter. <laughs> That's oh, garbage. No. Garbage game. <laughs> Not the Philosopher's Stone. Yes, the yeah. Philosopher's oh, Stone. Yeah. Klonoa, Lord of Phantom Mile. That's a great game. Klonoa's great, yeah. Cooler uh, World. Is that the game where you play as a beach ball? Yeah. Yeah. Soul Reaver, Medal of Honor, Medieval. <gasps> yeah. Mega Man Legends, Mr. Drilla G. What? Uh, we got Parappa the Rapper. <gasps> Parasite Eve. Oh my Parasite God. Eve, yeah. Ridge Racer. Silent Hill. Yes, yeah. the original. Street Fighter Alpha 3, Street Fighter X, Sudoken, 
Tomb Raider 1 and 2. Oh, I had, so we did have <clears throat> Love Freezing. Tomba. <gasps> Tony Hawk's 2. Vagrant Story. Wild Arms 2. Holy shit. No, those, are all, those are all garbage, according to my sister. A lot of these are analog games. Yeah, yeah. and it's not an analog the, controller. No. And that's probably why they're not enabled. Yeah. Um, yeah. And to answer Spriter in the chat room, no, Zoe's sister doesn't want the new Spyro, not because of how it looks or how it plays, but because it's not on the PlayStation 1. I am not kidding. <laughs> that is the only console she has ever loved. Fair enough. She's trying to make her daughter play on it now. Which is why I need to fix it if I can. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that she has someone to play Tekken 2 with. And speaking of Spyro, actually, I just want to give a shout out uh, to Not So Super Fraz, F R A Z, on Twitch, who is a guy right. who runs the Not So Super Squad, which is a Twitch community I'm part of. He is currently doing with the new Spyro. A one life playthrough of all three games. Ooh. Wow. So if he dies, he goes back to the start. Not of the game he's currently playing. Is he playing back to back? Is he? Yes. If he dies, oh he God. goes back to the start of Spyro 1. It oh is a God. one life trilogy playthrough. Is he going for 120% completion as well? I, I think he's going for any percent. Okay, any percent. But just. just- Oh, but yeah, it's one life it easier. He's insane, and I love it. Wow. Here's hoping he doesn't fall through any floors and have horses oh, rain God. around him. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we should probably talk about that before we begin. Oh my God. Oh, Red Dead. Yeah, Kyrie and I played um, some Red Dead Redemption online, and it was... Peter. Beta in massive, ma- I mean, in fairness, it is, is in massive beta. block capital red letters on the screen, and it should yeah. be. Yeah, it should be in quotation marks. This is not a fucking. This is not even at beta. Yeah, because yeah. I'll be honest, what I managed to play of it, I mostly enjoyed. Like there was the yeah. saga of the hat. I murdered a man for his hat, and then Kyrie chased down the witness and murdered the witness. <sighs> Then I chased it's down. Yep, then I chased down and murdered the witness to the murder of the witness, uh, and that was all very very fun. But we only played for about half an hour and fell through the ground twice. Yeah. In truly unrecoverable ways, because as soon as you spawned again, you fell through the ground again. We literally had to quit out and come back in to get over it. I I googled I googled Red Dead Online to see if I assumed that was a massive worldwide problem that people were complaining about. No, it's not. It's just no. us. They were just complaining about the economy. Yeah, well, the economy is. Oh, yeah, oh. yeah. Predatory monetization is what it is. And they, mm. They've come out and said that it's broken as fuck because yeah, it it takes about eight hours gameplay to earn a single gold bar, uh, and to to change the color of your pistol. Is what ten gold bars? Ooh. Something like that. So you can buy gold bars, of course, of course. and do it right away, or mm. you can maybe change the color of your gun next year sometime. Right. So not yeah. quite, not quite. Bat- uh, battlefront levels of well, basically. Yeah, but you've got to keep. You've got to make sure you keep yourself fed. You've got to buy food. Yep, it constantly takes is money away from system? you. There is a hunger system. There is a hunger system for your horse, 
And there is also a camp upkeep system which just takes money away from you at regular intervals. The fuck? I know, right? The camp, the camp is a fucking sheet on the ground with some sticks over it. And it and takes like, money away from you at regular intervals to make sure that is maintained. I'm sorry, I'm paying fucking rent on a pillow and a barrel. Yep. Get fucked. Yep, get to fuck. Uh, I, I saw someone posting a video of doing like this massive robbery uh, full-on bank job type shit. In the comments, mm. someone was like, wow, how much money did you make from that? And someone replied, oh, they bought themselves a new shirt. And the first response to that was, don't be silly, the game hasn't been out that long. <laughs> oh, no. It's true. It's so, so stupid. Like, I mean, we have to acknowledge that GTA Online turned GTA 5 into the most profitable bit of media ever released. Yeah, It made that much money. So you can see where the greed is coming from. But at the same time, I, I do, fuck you. I do like as well. Someone pointed out that they they've uh, put everything, the cost of everything, to what it would be in uh, the late 18th, the late nineteenth century. Yes. So you got your, your dollars and all sorts of stuff. So you're you're earning the sort of money. So you're not earning like the thousands and millions of dollars that you get in GTA Five. Like oh hundred dollars. This is this is good money. Yeah, I, yeah, I had trouble sure. when I logged on because a hat I wanted was nine dollars and I couldn't afford it. Yeah, but something else oh that is. But here's the thing, right? You can buy. I forget if it's it's a it's a German pistol. I forget if it's a Luger or a Mauser, something that was around that time. Yeah. Uh, and so what? And that is one thousand dollars of in-game money. Yeah. Right. In the 1890s, that pistol cost thirty-five dollars. Yep. So it's like so you've. Adjusted for, I guess, deflation in this case, but then fucked it up anyway. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! You got to change insane. the prices as well as the earnings to the nineteenth yeah. century standard. Yeah, so we we shall see. We shall see what the future is for Red Dead Redemption too. But it is the beta. It is the beta. They, <laughs> they have, have plenty all... of opportunity to fix it. Yes, they have also said that that when it goes out of beta, there is a possibility that basically everything might get wiped. Ugh. So your characters might not... Well, that is the condition of a beta, again. is, yeah. you know, yeah. that is frequently true. The original so I, Little getting... Mama did have that happen to her. That's yeah. what happened with 76. Yeah, I'm not getting massively invested in the online game for now. I'm just like, I've got it, and I spent a lot of money on this game, so I should probably play it. I spent a fraction of that amount of money on Crusader Kings 2, and I've been playing that <laughs> a shitload. I have over 2,000 hours in that game now. Admittedly, like, a hundred of that is times when I lived with my parents, and I had the computer in my room, and I accidentally mm. just went to sleep, and it just sat there and did its oh. own thing overnight for a few times. But... <laughs> Good news, I, I am now the petty king of an independent kingdom of Yorkshire. Nice. <laughs> One thing Whereas actually... I've been, going around, I've been going around the world trying to reform as many pagan faiths as I can, but it's gone to absolute shit because I managed to get the Hellenic Byzantine Empire and I was really proud of myself. And then the moment I left it for like 10 seconds, a secret society of Sunni Muslims uh... had in, I knew they had ingratiated themselves into the system, but I thought I'd been doing okay while I was playing them, getting them out. And I went back to the Norse because I wanted to sort out their ridiculous territory issues. And they immediately all converted to Sunni Islam. And I was like, fuck you. I spent <laughs> hours starting the secret religious cult of Hellenism and getting it up to this level. And then 
getting the empire to convert, and then you've just ruined it. You've all ruined it. Although <laughs> <laughs> I do have to doff the cap a little bit to Paradox. Uh, Crusader Kings 2 uses a little known feature of Steam. If it's on your friends list, you may be used to seeing little messages saying what your friends are playing. Uh, Crusader Kings directly writes to that line, and it doesn't say playing Crusader Kings. Like, I saw you online the other night, and it said that you were making enemies in, and I can't remember what country it was, as your character in the year yeah. you're playing. And, like, Zoe's was um, something about um, Hellenic religion and stuff. And it, it does little descriptors of what you're doing in the game rather than saying that you are playing the game, and that's really cute. So at some point it's probably pointed out that I burnt my wife at the stake. It may have. Oh wait, but you have to oh burn so many people at the stake because you because of all the secret fucking cults. Well, I, I was I was like trying to figure out a thing with to have my main priest dude in my council do. So I was like, oh, go find some heretics. He came back like a day later and went, I found one, and it was my wife. And I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> See, my logic is I'm fine if you're like openly a heretic if you're yeah. turning up and say, but if you're pretending to be my religion. But a secretly another one. What the fuck? What the fuck? You're going on the fire now <laughs> for lying. <laughs> Unless you're my relative, then I just put you in the oubliette so I don't get the Kinslayer modifier yeah. for you dying. <laughs> it's like technically I killed you just as hard, but I don't get the negative perception of having executed my brother. I just shoved him in an oubliette and he coincidentally died. He was killed by the concept of time. <laughs> yeah. But we have been going a good long time, so just yeah, just to actually getting to the subject, just to revisit we... Red Dead briefly. One thing I do have to credit Red Dead Redemption Two for the the single player, not the online, is that in a way that no other Rockstar game has, it's actually made me care about the characters. Oh, like okay. I find myself invested in Hosea and you know the the people around me. Um, yeah, they're they're all sort of criminals and outlaws, but enough of them are presented as complex and interesting enough individuals that you know I actually care a little bit about what happens to them. And funnily enough, that is our topic, suggested by <laughs> C Windsor in the Discord. Thank you very much, C Windsor. Thank you, C Windsor. Tonight we are talking about characters we find ourselves invested in and caring about in media. Uh, he, it wasn't suggested to be restricted to any particular form of media, so I'm going to say in all media. That's, oh shit, that's I restricted myself to video games. Yeah. I, I didn't. No, you didn't. Um, <laughs> no. Um, yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Who would like to begin? No. Oh shit, it's like being back all at right, school. Okay, I'll, <laughs> I'll go. Um, Lucifer in The Wicked and the Divine. Uh, I, we're now like a few issues, a handful of issues away from the end of the wicked and the more. divine. And I'm starting with this because it's also been brought up in Discord. Uh, uh, was it on Discord? No, on Twitter. Um, because we talked about the wicked and the divine way back when it started, and mm. it's been sort of said, "Oh, have you revisited the topic yet?" And I'm like, well, "It's nearly over. I think wait for it to finish, then a complete retrospective." Um, but without wanting to spoil too much, yes, Lucifer died at the end of the first arc, 
I'm still invested in what happens to her as a character. <laughs> I, I don't want to go into detail on that, but we're we're weeks away from the end of the entire story arc, and I'm still invested in her, and also in uh, Laura Wilson. Um, Persephone. Not Persephone, no, Laura Wilson. Oh, in actual Laura, I'm yeah. not invested in Persephone, I am invested in Laura Wilson. Yeah. yeah. And they have gone to great lengths to separate the characters for me and give me reason to care about one and not the other. <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling I'm feeling outclassed because I realised I've only focused on video games for this. Shit. Oh, that's, that's, that's fine. fine. Can... Like, we, we didn't specify, well, some... so you've got a list coming from yeah. video games. I've got a list coming from all over the fucking place. But come at this from, like, multiple angles. Yeah. Yeah, like a kind of a, a hegemony of ideas. If you can think of any other ones while we're talking as well, yeah. that's always good. Are we, do, are we doing this like one at a time or? I, I think I a round robin a is a good way to do yeah. it. Yeah. Cool. Um, I was going to say, uh, my fir- the first time I think I sort of recognized and went, holy shit, I need to make sure nothing bad happens to this character. Like. It, this this character has to survive. It doesn't matter what happens with anything else in this game. <laughs> this character has to survive. Was Telltale Games The Walking Dead? <laughs> and Clementine. Clementine. So now, many who, people share that opinion. Yeah, and here's the interesting thing. Uh, Jack, how would you uh, describe my uh, opinion on children? <laughs> 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 Uh, well, Zoe and I just gave our descriptions. Yeah. yeah, yeah, pretty much. So this is the rare video game child who, unlike the like, I'm somebody who loves children, and I wanted to drop kick every brat in Little Lantern or whatever the fuck little it wamp was. Light. <laughs> little oh, Wampite. I love kids, and the only time I was ever sad that you're not allowed to kill children in Fallout anymore. <laughs> there are mods. Those... Oh, thank yeah. Christ, because but, so with, children... with, with The Walking Dead, it was suddenly just like they brought this this character in, and I'm just like, I have to make sure she's okay. Clem Clementine must survive. Little Clem has gotta gotta make it through this, and it wasn't even just she's got to survive. Like one of the other kids starts bullying her, and I'm like. That little punk is going to get put through a fucking window. <laughs> so you've, like, he's, so you've he's developed like this five. weirdly maternal thing about Clemens. Is that the, yeah. what kind? Because personally, I find the characters I am hugely invested in are either characters I relate to as seeing as them as like me in some mm. way, or characters I am sort of romantically invested in. So, so what would you describe? As, is it like a maternal? I I, yeah. I I I have no sort of frame of reference for that because yeah. it's not a it's not an emotion I've ever felt before. <laughs> I'm just like it, it's essentially I, I played that game and the, like you meet Clementine. It's like I have only known this child for about thirty seconds, but if anything <laughs> happens to her, I will kill everyone in this room and then my. It's Rosa yeah. with the dog in Brooklyn Nine Nine. Exactly. So it's, so exactly. it's it's maternal, man. It's basically yeah, it's, maternal. <laughs> apparently, just I I've got this mama bear instincts, but it yeah. only applies to very very specific fictional characters. Well, it's super appropriate because um, when C. Windsor suggested the topic, they brought up Ellie from The Last of Us, which is a yes, very similar is, relationship. She is a character who you are designed to either feel a paternal protective mm. urge to, or if you are a young girl, to relate to in some way. 
Like she is literally designed to kind of hook you in. At the same time, though, she's also designed to stand up for herself. Um, Well, because otherwise she's one, because that's because she's the side in the first game. She is the side along NPC and there is a long tradition of every, if, if they wanted to make her relatable and somebody that you can invest in, she cannot be one of those useless companions yeah. who you rescue all the time because then everyone will hate her. So they specifically made her, you know, a little bit rugged, a little bit capable of taking care of herself and a little bit capable of taking care of you um, because that sort of drives that connection. It makes yeah. it mutual. Yeah. And it, it it does also mean that you don't just sort of have to roll your eyes and go, oh, every time that character gets into trouble. Because mm. it's like, it, otherwise it's just like, oh, fuck this again. It's another goddamn escort mission. It's, it's not the actually from... Daughter from Resident Evil 4. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you do the, unless you've completed it and she gets the suit of armor, in which case she becomes a fucking weapon. Or you're um, like, or like Michael Jones, it's like, bitch, dumpster. Or, yeah. my, or any of my companions in Fallout 4. Yeah, just like you just go over there. Um, I'm still, we, we, I am still so mad about the time that I would have gotten away with just stealing something and running away if it hadn't been for the fact that Veronica and Eddie flipped the fuck out at this guy aggroing me. New Vegas. Yeah, yeah, in New Vegas. And it's, I mean, I think it's the fact that, like, because it's, you know, it's The Walking Dead, it is fraught with peril. Yeah. Um, and so there are instances where she is is put in extreme amounts of danger. And my God, do I suddenly get invested when it's suddenly like, you know, Clem's life is on the line. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, no. If my character is potentially going to die, I'm like, oh shit, okay, it's fine. That's going to be another game over if I die. I've also just seen in the chat, like, uh, uh, Serene from Ramp Masquerade Redemption. I have Redemption and I've started playing it, but unfortunately something to do, something with my laptop means that the the scenes in the dark, which unfortunately are most of them. at night, um, it's completely pitch black, oh. as in no textures. So I can't see anything in that that's game. That's a problem. That's yeah, that's a problem. I, mm. I just have the HUD, so I know it's still working. It's just <laughs> everything is pitch black, and I can't find my way around. So I know I'll equip a torch. Does not help. Oh dear. <laughs> Yeah, and I can't. I've tried my my. I set my brightness and gamma and everything like up to max, and near, damn near fried my eyeballs. But no, it's just it is just matte black. Um, whenever right. you go into dark scenes. Um. So yeah, that's that's me. That's my first one. Uh, is Clementine from The Walking Dead? I think that will be a popular choice. Yeah, very yeah. popular one. Um, you know what? I should do it. I should do a, a Walking Dead playthrough for, for Twitch at some point. Not a bad idea. Yeah. Hmm. Who's next? Um, I'll go. Okay, so I mostly get invested to the point that I have to get into huge internet arguments with people. <laughs> and no better example of this is than with Severus Snape from Harry Potter. Especially Ooh. now that the entire fandom opinion has swung towards absolutely hating him and being like, oh, he's super abusive and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, not by British boarding school standards, but okay. Yeah, I, I've had these yeah. arguments. Having gone to a British boarding school, yeah. you know, people talk about how he's preposterously abusive and should never have been allowed in the teaching profession. I'm like, whilst that is possibly true, he is not an unrealistic representation. 
Like he'd probably be in your top fifty percent of teachers. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely yeah. not one of the worst at the school yeah. I went to. But yeah, so he is in the category of characters I like relate to because of stupid teenage reasons, which means that not only am I up against the rabid snake haters, I'm also up against those kinds of snake fans, the ones who think he's he's sexy and are mad uh-huh. at JK Rowling for treating him badly as if giving somebody a whole chapter of explanation for what they're doing and like a massive death scene and all of that isn't like the greatest honor an author <laughs> can give to a character. Like Absolutely. Yeah. So you're, you're sort of stuck between Snape did nothing wrong and Snape did everything wrong in this kind of land of yeah. maybe Snape did some things wrong yeah, and land, is a more complex character yeah, in than the land people of, are giving him credit in for. In the land of the Snape fans who are like, he is intriguing and difficult and we like to project our, our sexuality and gender issues onto him for fun because but what else are we going to do? And <laughs> yeah, yeah. and I will just fight anybody on like both sides of it. It's it's so weird. No, if you've got more to say, Zoe. Say no, more. I was just saying it to Phil more having been that weird little goth kid who's in like obsessive love with someone, and I don't get the oh he's a nice guy TM argument because like that involves that rapid switching, like when you're rejected. So I never liked you anyway, and you're a whore, and I hate you. And that never happened. So, yeah, whatever. I'll stop now. <laughs> um, I found this hard to think of some in the end. But uh, I've got a few. I mean, I've got two characters from the Borderlands franchise that got me. Okay. Yeah. Uh, one was... One was from Tales from the Borderlands, and that was Scooter. Oh, yeah. Because no. oh. of he, you know, he's been in the other two games since the very beginning, and for him to have his his ending in a spin-off title was interesting. And your part, you playing it, it's just like ah. Oh. Oh, it's, and uh, the way he goes out, and the way yeah. you can like you can honor him and everything, and just catch oh, a ride, catch a ride. Oh, now I made myself sad. <laughs> now it's Telltale Games. Why did you have to end up being absolute shits at management level? Yeah, the scooter, and the other one is actually Tiny Tina, Borderlands Two. Uh, when I first met the character in game. I actually really didn't like her. Because just the, it wasn't like a character design and stuff. It was more to do with the way that they they gave her her personality for the way she spoke. Hmm. Just, I just made, it made me feel very old man. Because <laughs> she speaks streets, essentially. Gotcha. And it was just like, oh, I don't like you. I mean, your missions are kind of fun, but... Uh, but it wasn't until you got further into the game and then to one of the DLCs where you find out more about her past and stuff. And it's like, oh, 
oh no no you are precious now <laughs> it, it makes sense why you're the way you are and this is actually spawned off a fan theory that she is actually Krieg's daughter oh because Krieg had a family and yeah because he was he was just a normal guy before he got captured and turned into the the, the psycho that he is. Mm. So there there's there are certain bits that tie in those two characters together that can that could lead you lead you to believe that she was his kid. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I got to yeah. I did I did love Krieg's. Um... Intro video. Oh, his his uh, announcement trailer was um, probably one of the best things I've ever seen ever. Yeah, <laughs> it's just just that. Tell her, tell her that she she is uh, your sun and moon. Tell her that she is your everything. Tell her that she's the most beautiful thing you've ever laid eyes on. I'm the protector of the poop train. <laughs> it's just a okay. great marvelous. Oh, God damn it. Uh, my next one's a bit of a weird one. Uh, oh, because it came from a joke that I was planning to make and then realized was a lie. Oh. I was well, tell us the joke anyway. I, I will. I was going to come on here and say, hmm, characters I care about. Well, no one from a Quantic Dream game, no matter how hard they try. <laughs> and then I realized that's not fucking true. You were so fucking invested in that robot girl. I was about to say, Zoe will attest. Uh during my playthrough of De- uh, Detroit Become Human. I very much, as things went along, adopted a philosophy of everyone else can fucking burn as long as Kara and her uh, uh, pseudo-daughter are fine. Um, (laughs) It was very much, for me, it was the story of Kara Robot Mum and her um, pseudo-daughter fleeing to a happier life in Canada, and everything else was just the horrible backdrop to their story. Yeah, oh. that is fascinating because I literally could not give two shits about Kara and, <laughs> and her daughter. I forget her name, Alice. Like, I honestly, and this is just an opinion thing. I'm not going to out now say, "Oh, my way is the right way." But mm. I honestly felt like their their part was definitely the weakest part of of the game for for, for me. Anyway, it was the only bit I gave a shit about. Um, That's so weird. Like, like all I mean, of the other bits, you were like, "Man, it would be funny if." I screwed this up. Yeah, like, you didn't. But. I was. I mean, I did screw some of it up, not deliberately. Uh, <laughs> but well, I kind of, I kind of liked Connor's relationship with um, the detective dude whose name has escaped. Nancy Brown. Nancy Brown. Yes, I'm. His name. Yeah. His character. Hank Anderson, Hank. I, I, Hank. Yeah, I only ever called him Clancy Brown. Yeah. To be fair, we both invested a lot in making up. What was going on in Connor's mind? Yeah, well, yes, that. that's, we were invested in our weird internal monologue fanfic. For I, I, I will, I will Connor. piggyback on. I will piggyback on this and just say I did very much get invested in wanting to make sure I did not disappoint Detective Clancy Brown. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, to me, that game was very much Kara and Alice's story, and everything else was backdrop. And I wasn't yeah. expecting that. And I. Wasn't really expecting it to come up on this episode. Like I said, that joke was a joke, and then I went, "Oh fuck, no!" I was so invested in Robo Mom. Oh no! You really were. Congratulations, you played yourself. I did. <laughs> <laughs> but in general, I find Quantic Dream games really, really try and make you care, and they fail. Yeah, they fail they so try hard. So hard, and they fail so hard they turn into memes. Press X to Jason. Oh, no. 
Jason. 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 Uh, yeah, I, I really gave a shit about that. It became the storyline that I was continuing on for. That's so interesting. It just, it just, you know, we both took like completely opposite ends of the spectrum away from I that think game. That was the the only real strength they had was the three narratives, and it's like, okay, there is something for everyone here. If yeah. you, even if you hate the other ones, you I, might. Yeah. Be I able didn't to... hate the Connor and Hank storyline by any no. means. Like, no. uh, I found that one entertaining. Uh, the other one was just so cringy because they have fisted <laughs> so, cringy so much. Itself. So cringy yeah. enough itself, and they ham-fistedly shoved so much Black Lives Matter stuff yeah, into there, it and I'm awful. just like, it was so awkward. I'm just like, oh my god, this is so white liberal robot yep. metaphor. Stop it! <laughs> you know, a large, a large portion of my issue with the Marcus storyline was that. A lot of his decisions that you you get you get involvement in the decisions because it's a quantic dream game, but a lot of the times I would make a decision and then what would unfold was technically what I told him <laughs> to do, like and um, also when, the decisions were very kill the puppy or send it to college as well, well. yeah or, or or the two those two points like mixed together because there's the point where uh fucking what's her name the kill all the humans girl mm. I know who um, you mean yeah um comes to you. Right towards the end, he goes. By the way, we've just set up a dirty bomb uh, downtown. Uh, here's the detonator, and I'm like, no, that that is categorically a horrible idea. <laughs> and I'm like, you can either say yes, I will take this and blow it up, like use the thing, or no, don't give me this. And it's like, okay, no. And he goes, I can't take this, and gives it back to her. And I'm like, no, what? Where is the where is the no and also don't give the detonator to the nuclear bomb? Well, that's to the yes. The you take maniac. it, and then when prompted to use it, you don't. I yeah, but at the time I assumed <laughs> it was don't you. It was like, do you want to, do you want this? Yes, no. Like no, <laughs> that should be the this is a bad idea button. But yeah, Marcus's storyline was bad comedy and unintentionally so, and mm. and occasionally actually offensive. Yeah. But thank God for that ass is all I'm going to say. Okay, fair. But at, at least Co Connor and Robomom were here to give some investment because, man, yep. the internet got invested in Connor, which I shouldn't be surprised because he looks like a twinky white dude. So, of course, the internet was just like, this is my boy now. And yes, <laughs> fucking yes, Spriter has made a genius comment in the chat room. Subsurface Circular. Now that is a game about a robot uprising that is worth a play, and it's incredibly cheap, and it's available on everything. It is a small little narrative oh, I game. I remember you playing that. That yep. one was really interesting. Um, I am going to put that into my Steam search right now. From the perspective of a robot detective who is traveling the subsurface circular, it is an underground train, and trying to solve. Well, it starts off as trying to solve murder, and then possibly it, it escalates. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Um, right. And it's all set on the one train car. You can't leave. You're just talking okay. to people who are coming on and getting off as you go around the loop line. It's really good. And yes, it's by the same developer as Thomas was alone. And it has oh, a sort of a sequel, either out or coming. I can't remember, but it's great. And one of the best things is it got released on the Switch. So I have played Subsurface Circular on the Circle Line, <laughs> which has become a bit of a meme. Lo loads of people yeah. have tweeted photos to him of themselves playing Subsurface Circular on the Circle Line 
or other loop lines in various underground rail systems. Nice. I have added it to my wish list. I will wait until the, the Christmas sale rolls around again, or at least until payday next. So yeah, if you want to I see mean, a it, good it, story of Robot Revolution, that's a good story of Robot Revolution. Like I said, it amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds awesome. All right. Yeah. Um, so my second one, also from a video game. Also, in the meantime, I did actually think of a third character because I only thought of two. I did think of a third character. Went shit. That's a video game as well. Um, so my, my second character is from Persona Four, mm-hmm. and is Nanako. So no one else on this podcast I've realised has played Persona Four. I've played some Persona Four, but not enough. <laughs> so are you are you aware of who Nanako is? Yes. Right. So basically, Nanako is your your character uh, has had to move to the countryside with to live with his uncle, who is a uh, an angry cop who is a a single dad uh, in this little quiet mountain um, town where nothing happens, and suddenly a horrible string of murders starts happening. Um. And all the way through, I'm just building up this relationship with, with Nanako, who is basically your, she's your cousin, and she's like the, the cute little sister thing, staying at home, and is is like, you, every single time you go home, she's just there like, oh, I made this today, and gives you a thing. And I'm like, oh, that's that's really nice. I, I, why am I not finding you massively irritating? <laughs> and then it's, oh god, there's a series of murders going on in this town. Please don't tell me something bad happens to Nanako. And then I turned to Rowan, who had completed the game and had given me the game to play so that she could watch my reactions. And I was like, please don't tell me anything bad happens to Nanako. And she smiled and patted my head and said, okay, I won't tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Best response. And I'm not going to tell anyone here. I would thoroughly recommend people go out there and play Persona 4. Um... Unless you have a massive, massive, massive hatred of just the sort of the, the, the platonic ideal of JRPGs, because it's got a lot of the tropes therein. Um, it is a fucking phenomenal game with a really, really great storyline and message to it. And yeah, I got very, very heavily invested in keeping Nanako safe. Um, even while all this shit was going down. Just, and then when, when shit kicks off in, I will say, November, December time in-game, I was a fucking wreck. <laughs> I won't say what happened, yeah. but I was wandering around the house in a fog. So yeah, that's I, I mostly what you should take away from this is go play Persona Four. It's fucking outstanding. It's like if Persona Five was good. <laughs> I I am intrigued enough by the Persona games that I want to get around to them at some point, but there there is the I, slight aspect of very JRPGness. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, you uh, they they do enough different that you might um, you might be interested in. There's no like active time battle gauge stuff, so it's not like a timer based thing. It's just an order of battle, so kind of like a, a more standard turn based uh, RPG, turn based initiative. Okay, that, game. that might be more survivable for me. But um, uh, you do you do kind of almost get to the point where you have to play the non fight sequences with a. With a spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah, like so the main meat of the games is that you are uh, you get more powerful by linking doing doing social links, which is basically by meeting people and 
having friendships with yeah. them, progressing down their storyline. Um, so it kind of has that image, that idea of almost like a, an Atome game, like a dating game yeah. kind of thing. Um, but it's not put presents in, get sex out. It's spend well, time with someone. Games aren't either. Yeah, yeah, but like that, that, that sort of uh, brush that they get yeah. tarred with. Um, which is you put the time in and you, you speak with someone. And if you make the right decisions along the way, you basically level up your, your relationship with this person until you basically become closer friends and you find out what's going on in their life and whether it's something that can be fixed or whether it's something that needs to be fixed. Um, also, the main ones, like 3, 4, and 5, they all have some very goddamn super, super deep messages to them. So like 3 is basically the realization that we are all going to die. How do you deal with that? Uh, 4 is... Uh, if... The four is basically just like, is it worth telling the truth, even if that is a if it's a painful truth? Like, what what's better, like a painful truth or a comforting lie? And five, from what I can tell, is fuck the old people. <laughs> it's quite an interesting game to come out of Japan. Like, it's it's a whole game about you know don't respect your elders. Yeah, like, that's socially yeah. interesting. It's it has such such potential and it, I feel it kind of falls flat on its face but everyone else seems to love it so maybe maybe give Persona 5 a go I would say give Persona 4 a go before you play Persona 5 it basically does everything that Persona 5 does but better fair enough hmm. Zoe your turn Okay, I'm really having t- trouble choosing because I just have so many in so many different ways and I'm like <laughs> okay what criteria do I use whatever it, criteria you want? Is it like uh, that they're so invested? I forget the concept of social norms and being considerate of other people's needs because there are a few of those, like <laughs> jumping on my parents' beds as a sort of 20 year old shouting, Snape, Snape didn't do it. I knew he didn't do it. <laughs> yeah, uh, you've like, already <laughs> talked about Snape, you can't talk about him twice, I know, or, or similarly, or similarly, turn. Turning up at two in the morning, jumping on the bed, shouting at you, Liliana was at the end of Dragon Age Two. Oh yeah, yeah that did happen. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But um, I think one I'm going to have to pick is Sansa Stark from specifically from the books, because yeah. man, the the book fandom has been going on a long ass time, and it's got a, unsurprisingly a lot of neckbeards in it, and they'll be like, "Oh, I hate Sansa Stark." And the it only started out as next double by the first book. Now it's down to their knees. <laughs> and the main argument for hating Sansa is always, well, she's really stupid and naive, and she got Ned killed. And Ned, Ned got Ned. Yeah, killed. not one. Ned got Ned killed by going up to Cersei and being, "I know all of your dirty secrets." Um, hand yourself in willingly and let yourself and all of your children be executed. I have only peripherally brushed up against Game of Thrones slash Song of Ice and Fire, and I know that much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He he. he, he this fu- is a very much a a Brett screwed Brett moment. Yeah. It's, and uh, Sansa's only crime was wanting things to be nice and like all the stories and to have a life like her mum and dad had, where her arranged marriage turned out really good. And and then you know they're just like oh she's really annoying and it's like yeah she's a thirteen year old girl she is written realistically as a teenager the same issue goes for Daenerys when people are like oh why doesn't she just do this because she's a fourteen year old girl <laughs> she is a pool of hormones and bad decisions and confusion and 
And to his credit, you know, even though he does talk about Daenerys' breasts too much, G.R.R. Martin <laughs> does do quite a good job at writing realistic female characters, including realistic adolescent female characters. And Sansa is just really realistic and understandable and I want to protect her from both the horrible things that keep happening to her in the books and from all these guys who are like, oh, she's so annoying. She dobbed in Arya. And it's like, yeah, of course you like Arya. She acts like a boy. And, you know, <laughs> oh, she got Ned killed. Ned got Ned killed. Yeah, Ned was a fucking idiot. The thing you have to remember yeah. about most of the characters in Song of Ice and Fire is they are all fucking children. Yeah. Inspired by turtles. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's my very dead. That's turtles. my favorite song of Ice and Fire fact. It was inspired by the pet turtles Gerard Martin had as a child, which kept dying because you know they were because he was poor and they were kept. And they were mail order turtles. Yeah, they were mail order turtles. He was really poor, and they were all kept in like a big plastic tub. So in order to sort of get over the fact they kept dying, he would make up really dr increasingly dramatic stories about why they were dying. And this combined with, you know, being annoyed at the sort of lack of economic theory in Lords of the Rings and <laughs> medieval history and a whole bunch of other things went together to create A Song of Ice and Fire. <laughs> God, you've got to be a special kind of nerd to look at Lord of the Rings, which is written primarily as like a fucking language exercise, and go, eh, your economics are a bit off. Like, oh, fucking I'm nerds. I'm trying to find what the specific Jira Martin quote that, yeah, this is the one I'm thinking of. Ruling is hard. This was maybe my answer to Tolkien, who, as much as I admire him, I do quibble with. Lord of the Rings had a very medieval philosophy that if the king was a good man, the land would prosper. But we look mm. at real history and it's not that simple. Tolkien can say that Aragorn became king and reigned for a hundred years and he was wise and good. But Tolkien doesn't ask the question, what was his Aragorn's tax policy? <laughs> did he maintain a standing army? What did he do in times of flood and famine? What about all those orcs? By the end of the war, Sauron is gone, but all of the orcs aren't gone. They're in the mountains. Did Aragorn pursue a policy of systematic genocide and kill them, even the little baby orcs in their little orc cradles? The war that Tolkien wrote about was a war for the fate of civilization and the future of humanity, and that's become the template. I'm not sure it's a good template, though. The Tolkien model led generations of fantasy writers to produce these endless series of dark lords and their evil minions who are all very ugly and wear black clothes. But the vast majority of wars throughout history aren't like that. Mm. Which, yeah, like, is fair, actually. It does sort of very much criticise that all you need to do is be a good person. And it's like, well, being a good person gets Ned killed by the end of the first book, but go off, I guess, you know? <laughs> it does, it, yeah, it does also, Lord of the Rings does have a massively monarchist sort yeah. of message behind it, which I really, it's my major issue with that Lord of the, the Rings. and the racism, man, I heard I mean, the, that, that and the, I the best I, quotes about J.R.R. Tolkien's hatred of the Irish recently. That was special. Oh God, yeah. yeah, he hated the Irish and thought yeah, that the land of, of Ireland exuded a sense of evil, which has never made me want to go and visit Ireland more because I feel like something <laughs> that feels evil to, yeah. to Tolkien probably feels like very beautiful to me, I feel like. Yeah, so that makes sense. Man, he was racist. 
he he, he was like there's no real getting away no. from that but it, unlike with Lovecraft it's very much a he was racist like everybody was he was and <laughs> later on in life people did point out stuff about the portrayal like his, his portrayal of this race is always evil yeah. in his books and went do you not think that's a problem and apparently his reaction was like Oh shit! You're right. Oh, no, he hadn't like, considered very late it. On yeah. in his life, he just hadn't realized it at the time. So it was yeah. in a lot of cases. Ac- I, I hate to use the phrase, but accidental racism. Yeah. Like he just he just wasn't aware of it. It was like uh, subconscious racism, but it was still racism nonetheless. It's not Lovecraft actively saying, and yeah. like arguably bits of Narnia with just all of oh, the uh, fucking the followers of Tash and all oh, that oh yeah the I've forgotten the name of the civilization but man the horse and his boy was my favourite as a kid yeah but looking back at that I'm like oh my god this is the most racist thing yeah. I have ever read for kids apart from like I guess some Enid Blyton Enid Blyton and um Rudyard Kipling Oh god, yeah. Anyway, that got wildly off the topic of Sasa stuff. But yeah, I am hugely invested in wanting to protect her from both the bad things that happened to her in the story and from people who were like, oh, why is she so stupid? Turtles. Turtles. Uh, that was information I didn't know. Yeah, that's fun information. It's good. I love it. Welcome to your brain. Yeah. <laughs> this is your brain on drugs. Holy shit, how long did the, the fucking Tyrion turtle last? I know, right? Was that like, I don't think they're like directly the turtles. I assume but not. If they other, did... other, otherwise, like the fucking, uh, what's his name? The, the John <laughs> turtle must have like died and then they went to go and bury it and then it started rummaging around yeah. and going, oh shit oh shit he's still alive Man, I love people being like oh my god that's spoilers for the books and I'm like it's not though we all knew that was going to happen the moment he published that book we're like yeah John's fine though the woman who can resurrect people is literally <laughs> turned up in the same book yeah. over there on the other side of the building he'll be fine yeah <laughs> so Jack yeah, uh, mine is another video game character, and we're going back to Cowboys. Cowboys. Yeah, nice. And, is this uh, Mr. Marston? It is Mr. Marston. I, I yeah, I'm in 100% agreement with you here. Yep, I can't disagree either. He can, you know, take him as you will. He is a bit of a bastard about, every, about everything he does. But the end goal of it is that all he wants to do is get back home to his family. Mm. This, this is the thing, I've I, I got to massively agree with you on that, but also I, I, I'm not far enough into the, the, the single-player campaign of Red Dead 2, Yeah. but I, gotta, I look at Arthur Morgan, and I look at pretty much everyone in that camp and go, right, these are an absolute big bag of assholes <laughs> right here. Like This is just a big team of dickheads. Yeah. John, in Red Dead Redemption, the first one, which is set after the second one, Mm. by a good decade or so. Um, like, I always got the intention, the, the feeling from him, that he was basically just going, yeah, I'm a, I'm a scary former outlaw, and I've this, got this scarred up face, and I'm a dirty motherfucker, and I'm, oh, I'll fight you, and all that. Yeah. But, like, he was just such a goddamn teddy bear. <laughs> he was absolutely lovely to any, anyone that was just 
showed him any kind of kindness. That's the thing. Maybe towards the end of Red Dead Two, we get maybe something happens that makes him a bit more, you know, cowboy. Yeah, maybe he learns a yeah. lesson. Well, that's the thing. Like, I've only seen a little bit of John in uh, Red Dead Two, and he seems much the same. Like, he just seems like the kind of he's not part of this group. He's he's seen the outside world. He's he's you know gone straight for a while. Yeah. I mean, Chris, when you first meet him in Red Dead 2, you're saving him from a bear attack. In a scene that has really no tension, because you know he'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Unless you fuck it up. (laughs) Yeah. Unless it's like, oh, paradox. Unless you think it's a cutscene. That that did nothing to John. That was... That was bad news for Arthur. John was fine. <laughs> but Arthur, it could go either yeah. way. He might die. And suddenly John becomes the protagonist again. Like, that was a Yay. total swerve. That would be a swerve. Of another character. But it's another video game character. God damn. But yeah, so John Marston's a character I got quite invested in. And then it's just like, you know, you, you make it back to the family and you kind of think, oh, okay. This, this seems to be how the game's sort of progressing, and it's you're working on the farm now, and it's cool, and yeah, and then it uh, and then it all happened. It all goes to shit, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> and you know what? Fuck Jack. Oh, the the son. Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't buy this game to play as you. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, Scrappy Doo, get out of here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we got Undead Nightmare, and I was just like, oh my lord. I get to be this cowboy and fight zombies? Hurrah. <laughs> yeah. Simon. See, my next one kind of tangentially branches off that, because I, I find it really hard to get that investment in the protagonist character in games like that. Because mm. there's always a, a blank slate element to them because they want you to project yourself on them. Sure. Um, so you have, you know, the, the hero, it's, well, it's my avatar. What happens to them is what I cause to happen to them. I, I struggle to invest in them the same way. But I've got like a, a little cluster of associated characters that I'm just going to fire off one after the other. Um, because they are the other character. The protagonist I like, the other character I'm invested in. Uh, like, all of Noble Squad in Halo Reach. Uh, I was uh, invested in all of them, not the player character. <laughs> Noble Six. Not Noble Six, because Noble Six is literally no one. Noble Six is a reason for you to be there. But yeah. uh, Especially uh, Jorge. Uh, like, yeah. but all of them. Uh, as an example, Jack in Mass Effect, who, despite Ooh, being yeah. a full-on tough girl cliche, um, I liked her in Mass Effect 2. In Mass Effect 3, when you meet her and she's turned it around and become a teacher, I started to invest in her. When I found out that if you don't go to her quick enough, she can be taken by Cerberus and turned into a phantom, that's when I realised how much I gave a shit about Jack in Mass Effect. What's a phantom? Uh, it's the biotic enemy class. So they'll basically ah, okay. lobotomize her and turn her into a zombie soldier for them. 
right. and then I suddenly realized how much I cared about Jack in Mass Effect. I was like, oh no, I don't just like you. You are my precious baby, and you must be protected. And the one that I'm not proud of, <laughs> uh, and I think may make people go, Ugh, but uh, Chloe Price in Life is Strange. I haven't played anything further than the first episode. Not Max Caulfield, not the protagonist, but Chloe, yes. The, the love interest. Well, yeah. uh, uh, love interest is more sort of queer-baited than stated. Yeah, yeah. But yes, yeah. The, the, the friend. Uh, yeah. To be fair, that, like not to excuse queer-baiting, but that's very realistic for teenagers. Yes. So. Yeah. Um, and... and they did go a little further with it in the prequel before the storm where Chloe was the main character and they made her sort of romantic feelings um, more explicit. So less queer baiting there, but the first life is strange was very queer baity. Uh, but yeah, I actually really invested in Chloe. Real life is queer baity. That's true. <laughs> I really invested in Chloe to the point, and this is the weird one, is at the end... Uh, spoilers! Spoilers for Life is Strange. Do you care if I spoil it, Kyrie? Uh, I will probably play it at some point. I will take my headphones out for, like, 20 okay. seconds. Uh, I, I will do the raise your hand gesture when you can come back. Ah, cool, cool, uh, yeah. So, at the very end of Life is Strange, Life is Strange is a very, very choice-based narrative in that way we have, where you make the big moral decisions. And mm. what is going on in Life is Strange is a lot of weird shit is happening, weird paradoxical stuff um, yeah. that is getting worse and worse and sort of destroying the town. And at the very end, it's basically made clear that it's because Chloe is still alive when she should have died, because Max used yeah. her time travel powers to save her at the very beginning. Create a paradox yep. that needs to be sorted. And you have to choose what's more important to you as Max Caulfield, Chloe or reality. Uh, so do you keep Chloe alive but let everything go to hell or let her die and let everything go back the way it was? Now, I was so invested in Chloe that I went... Keep her. Hmm? You went keep her? No. I went through keep her and into let her die because mm. I got so invested in Chloe that I realized a lot of the shit going on in her life was guilt. Ah. And I was like, I don't want to keep her alive and put more guilt on her. Like, that mm. is a selfish ending for Max. I think that's the bad ending. The good ending is let her, let her rest. Like, and I was so invested in Chloe's ending that I wanted her to rest in peace, literally, those words, rather mm. than selfishly keep her around for Max. Um, I didn't do it to save reality, that was a, a byproduct. I did mm. it because I was so invested in Chloe that I figured she didn't deserve to be kept around and informed that, hey, you know how everyone's going to hell? That's because I like you! That, yeah. that would be shitty. Yeah, so anyway, that's that's kind of a shitty thing to do. That's so that was a weird time where I was so invested in the character I let them die. <laughs> well, like I said before, sometimes the the biggest sort of act of love, especially as a writer, you can do for a character is give them the big dramatic romantic death that means something. You know. Yes. 
Although, uh, with Curry coming back, you know, <laughs> words like that avoided. But yes, that's me for this one. Mm. Curry, are you back with us? I am back with us. It's your turn. Yay! Um, I, I I did think of another couple, and then I realised they're all fucking video game characters. <laughs> well, so are a bunch of mine. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, I, my next one's going to be um from my all-time favourite video game. Ooh. And it's Vivi from Final Fantasy IX. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I can jump on that one. And, and I promise, at some point, my my characters who I care about and are entirely invested in and mean to make sure that they're okay will stop being children at some point. <laughs> yeah, because um, your initial argument of you hate kids is being really undermining, I'm undermining the myself. Fact that all this the is like yeah. so many movie discussion episodes we've had where you've come and said I hate it, and then you you're the one who points out all the really good things in the film throughout the episode. <laughs> All right, what can I say? I'm a horrible hypocrite. <laughs> um, but yeah, Vivi from Final Fantasy IX, the, the the black mage, who is oh god, like just want, first having him turn up in the game, wandering into town, and just he wants to go and watch a show at the theater. That's where we take him. That's where we we start off with this character. It, it, Final Fantasy IX starts off with you playing all of the the main characters from the beginning until they all meet up and form the party. So it's unlike the sort of uh, Final Fantasy games previously where you sort of are the protagonist and then you meet the party and as, yeah, as you, you go. characters from there. Yeah. Um, and Vivi just, he starts off looking very much like a helpless little... <sighs> it's, it's weird because like no one, very, well, very, very few people in Final Fantasy IX could be described as human. Uh, imagine if like you took the, um, the Tatooine Cantina and then applied that to like a city. Okay. So there are species. The black in this mages world. are the Jawas. Yeah, they they do look exactly like Jawas. They're just like this kind of featureless black mass with two little yellow eyes. Yes, I've seen them. Yeah, yeah. They're pretty iconic. Uh, yeah. Um. And so everything in Final Fantasy IX, with with a few exceptions, is basically just a person, but so like your main character Zidane is a person, but he has a tail. You've got he's a monkey man. Yeah, you've got summoners who are humans but they have a horn um and so on and so forth it's just basically you've got people but there's then, something weird and then, then you got quina quina who is a f- giant frog clown sumo wrestler um <laughs> oh, the less said about that the better it's basically so doing... a person but a giant frog clown whatever you said yes yeah, so some of them are more a bit more outlandish <laughs> yeah, a little bit yeah and then you've got like blank who is a, a living doll and that kind of thing um but in this weird backdrop of these fantastical characters, you've got this little kid who just wants to go and see the theatre. Um, and he gets caught up in this massively weird plot where you're playing as a bunch of thieves trying to kidnap the princess. You're also playing as the princess who wants to try and get kidnapped because she needs to escape the castle. <laughs> um, and also this kid who's just along for the ride. Um, and things kind of spiral out from there till you've got to save the world. Um but along the way, you've just got Phoebe, who starts off being this helpless little kid, and then you realise he's a black mage. He has, you know, he can summon fire, um, and just has these moments where he will blast things with fireballs, uh, and ah, uh, it just has this horrible, wonderful little plot going along, which is all about mortality. Um, does anyone care about spoilers for Final Fantasy IX? No. No. Okay. Um, basically, the. Black mages, of which he is a member and has no memory of it, are essentially these mind-wiped dolls who are um, 
living weapons for this this invasion that's going on. Um, and he is presumably some sort of um, prototype version of them, which is why he's so much smaller, why he has his own personality, um, and why he has this potential to actually grow in power. He was just sort of like a, a weird offshoot that they tried to do something with, and something clearly went wrong. Um, you go and eventually find this village of black mages who have essentially emancipated themselves and gone, we know what, we don't want to be weapons in a war anymore. We want to live in this village and do what other people do. Um, so they, they start trying to farm, even though they have no real understanding of how farming works. They find a chocobo egg and they decide, well, you sit on eggs, right? So they just hire one of their number every few hours to just sit on the egg to keep it warm. Not fully understanding exactly how, what to do once it hatches. Um, and eventually you find out that they've been talking about how some of the black mages have stopped moving. And you're like, what, what do you mean about that? And then you go up through, through the little village and you find the graveyard. And it turns out they were all, all of them, all of these, these, these creatures were designed with uh, essentially an expiration date. They, they were designed to run out at a certain point. Like rat um, Exactly, yeah. All of whom I'm invested in, by the way. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I know Kyrie said that one day you're going to bring uh, characters to this who aren't children, but it's not today. Uh, equally, uh, queer girls and robots is kind of my theme, and <laughs> yeah. uh, I make no promises that that no, will that's, change. That's absolutely in keeping, yeah. Yeah. Um, but basically, yeah, you have the sort of the village elder explaining, yeah, okay, so we've basically realized that we are coming up on our expiration. We're going to run out of batteries eventually, and we're just going to stop moving. Um, and some of the black mages understand that, and others don't. So, like, one of them is basically saying how uh, they're, they're all numbered, so they just refer to each other as, like, num uh, Mr. 47 and uh, Mr. 32. And you start. You speak to Mister Thirty Two, who says his best friend Mister Forty Seven stopped moving one day, so the village elder had to put him in the ground. And he's like, "I just don't really understand it. I mean, when he can, when he wakes up, he'll be really dirty. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I'll give him a bath when he gets out. It'll it'll all make sense, I guess." And he's like, "Oh God, it's this whole village of people that don't understand mortality, and they've all got a limited lifespan, a very very limited lifespan." Um, and then Vivi realizes, well, shit, I have no memory of what I was doing before a certain point, so I don't know how long I've been running around for, and also I'm different from the other ones, so am I going to live for, like, a normal lifespan? Am I going to live for a limited time? Am I going to live for shorter than these guys have? And you're like, oh my god, this is not something that a character who is essentially coded as being about ten years old should have to deal with. Mm. And it's like, kid, I'm going to look after you, and we're going to figure this out, and you realise, okay, there's no cure for this. You, you essentially just age fast and will die young. There is no cure for this. So it's, it's, you're realising you're trying to say to him, we're going to fix this, and then going, but really, we can't. Um, the best thing we can do is really just have a really good time whilst we're here. Fuck, this is depressing. Yeah, and it's it's weirdly such a cheerful game that has these moments where you go, "Wow, this is really quite nihilistic and really quite hopeless." Um, that actually reminds me of one of the big gut punch moments in Wictiv, uh, which is Minerva, who is of course the youngest of the Pantheon. Yeah, yeah. and you, you don't me. think about yeah. the two-year lifespan thing 
much here and there throughout that comic until she says, oh, never mind, plenty of time for that when I'm older. Uh... Yeah, and, you know, because she has had so much less life experience than the others, but, uh, yeah, she she would be on my list as well, yeah. largely yeah. for that reason. Yeah. <laughs> Although, again, at that time she would have been, times have changed, we're nearing end game. things have been revealed, oh my god, it's all going insane. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that, that's Vivi for me. Everyone in Dragon Age. <laughs> I, I will actually completely vouch for Zoe on this. That is an entirely true statement. Like pretty much, pretty much every, almost every character. It's easier to list the ones who I'm not invested in, and that even then, the reason I'm fairly invested in the reasons I'm not invested in them usually hmm. things like Loghain, who I feel teeters on the edge of greatness as by like possibly Bioware's greatest villain, but then they fucking ruin it. Like that stupid cutscene. I really want to mod that cutscene. The sound the retreat and make it less ridiculously over the top villainous. Yeah, let's pantomime. Yeah, let's panto a bit more how it is presented in later games as being this really complicated decision. Yeah. And he's supposed to be, and he has these aspects of being this character who has PTSD and quite possibly is like going mad. And then if you recruit him, he's like, no, I'm fine now. And I'm like, oh, that's like hugely disappointing, but okay. <laughs> I didn't want you to be fine. I liked you more when you were damaged. <laughs> well, no, it made more sense, you know. It, yeah. And, but most of the characters I hugely invest in. I invest in them. I invest in their relationships. I invest in like how I'm gonna. I'm I'm still mad that I, I have Fiona, Alistair, and Connor, all in the same castle at the <laughs> same time, and there is no opportunity for me to be like, hey, I'm just you're... gonna rub you up against each other until and... you real until you realize that you're his mom and that he's your dad and that. She's your grandma, and you're half elf, Alistair. By the way, and <laughs> I um I remember not being all that enthralled with Loghain and just thinking he was kind of a bit of a boring villain when I first played Dragon Age because and of all the panto sound, yeah. the retreat, and the and he, yeah, and the I had a had a very interesting moment. I went to uh, Romania a few years back and met a friend of mine over there, um, who is like. Absolutely massive low game nut. Like he, he is absolutely her favorite character. Yeah. And sitting down and talking with her about it as to like why that is, and just realizing that, like, essentially from her perspective, it was coming from this this view of someone who grew up under um, Legion occupation. Yeah, yeah. She grew up under Soviet uh, Soviet occupation, and it's Mm. this idea of okay, you know what? I am not going back to that. Yeah, exactly. He is doing this because he because and he is later proved right. His son-in-law, King Kalen, is th- is planning to divorce his daughter and marry to the Orlesian Empress and make them a vassal of Orlay again. <laughs> you know? And yeah, it's like, you know what? No, not this again. I'm not yeah. I, I fought too hard to get away from this. And you're like, suddenly yeah. that is actually when you when you meet it, it seems like such a sort of it's an understandable but quite a um What's the word? Like a detached concept looking hmm. at it here in the UK. 
Yeah. But when you go and meet someone who, you know, occupation by a foreign and very hostile force yeah. in their living memory, yeah. and you go, shit, yeah, okay, no, this is a good point. This is something that does speak to people. But yeah, um, so I'm yeah, just, yeah. Yeah. Logan so, does also have one of the best back and forths of party banter ever. Is it a Zevran banter? It, it is the Zevran banter. <laughs> <laughs> Zevran is king of banter. Yeah. Yeah, Zevran is pretty much the king of banter. Like, I'm invested in... Like, I never want anyone to die by main... I was like, you're sitting there trying to make me choose between my main character in the previous game and Alistair and my main mm. thought is I can't do this to Meryl you know yeah. <laughs> like, oh I can't do this I can't do this to you know um, I'm having a brain so I can't do this to Varric I can't do you know I, I had such a difficult moment I mean like I still wish it had been you have to choose between your warden and yeah. walk because that would have been killer. Yeah, because then, then there is a real choice being made. Yeah, because then I, I'm I, like, what, what? How do I do this to Liliana versus how do I do this to Meryl? <laughs> I, I, I looked at it and went, I actually ended up picking Hawk in that regard um, mm. because it just it seemed like the best choice to make in terms of what would happen outside of the fade. Yeah, I picked um, Alistair on the ground and with Hawk to survive on the grounds that I was pretending. I hadn't made the choice and right. we'd been in the Fade this whole time and the Fade had been being to Alistair, like, you're Kaylin's son and what are you, not you're Marek's son and what are you doing about it? Mm. You've let everyone else fight your battles you let Kaylin die, you let the Warden do this you let Anora take your throne you let Morrigan take your child, what are you, you know, who are you, what are you the blood of the Therans is wasted in you like, this is clearly what the demon would be muttering at him and he's like fuck it because he's got that whole warden self-sacrifice thing yeah um whereas hawk I... has Mer- my hawk had meryl yeah as, as did mine and that was the thing and as i looked when... was there with her so she was yeah. just going to be like actually i have things to live for whereas alistair's like yo and just dives <laughs> at this fucking spider yeah. It felt to me like the most sort of uh, satisfying story element to have Hawk do it, and also like I was thinking, sort of, oh shit, I kind of need Alistair on the outside doing this, that. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, um, that's I, sensible. I felt awful. I didn't want to kill Alistair because it. I ship Morrigan and Alistair so fucking hard, <laughs> and I'm like, no, he needs to come home and, and I, be with his I, kid. And I just about made peace with it. I just about finally started to feel less guilty about it by the time mm. we left the fade, and I was like, okay. And then Barrett breaks down, and Barrett looks and goes. Where's Hawk? And it, the the heart just fell apart. And <laughs> yeah. Like, See, I had, I had Barrett with me, so I feel like, man, that should have been an opportunity to Barrett to just try and fucking kill you. Know, have the part like how Liliana will turn against you if she's in the party when you the, just desecrate ashes. the ashes. Like yeah. if you make Hawk do it, Barrett should just be like, no. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I'm invested in every single one of those little fuckers. <laughs> she really is. I, I, you know, what, I will, I will just, I'll, I'll not, not sort of jumping my the queue here or anything. Like no, that, no, no. I'll, I'll, I'll fold one of my, one of mine mm. into there, which is uh, Aveline from uh, Dragon Age Two. Oh my, oh my mama, mama Aveline. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I 
fucking adore Aveline. I, I wanted her to be happy. Yeah, My God, oh, man, I wanted you're... her to get together with that fucking with Guardsman Donick. Even like, though please. he's like objectively not good enough for her because nobody's good enough for Aveline. But if she wants, <laughs> but if she wants him, we yeah, must do everything we her, can. But it would make her happy. Yeah. <laughs> And that's the important thing. And yeah. my God, I was so invested in every aspect of her life. And I'm like, I started off going, why isn't she romanceable? She's clearly the best option. They go, you know what? No, she shouldn't be romanceable. I would be such a disappointment to her. Well, that's what she basically <laughs> says, like, regardless of the gender of you. you know, they're yeah. like, oh, why isn't Aveline, why, does, why doesn't she like women? And it's like, well, maybe she does. It just never came up because regardless of the gender of your hawk, she's not interested because she's basically been raising you yeah, for the past it, two it, years and you're a moron. Like that, you know? <laughs> so I started off going, oh, I want to romance Aveline. And then like, like uh, what's the word? Sort of uh, with as the game was going on, so completely uh, fluidly with the game, I was like, you know what? No, it wouldn't make any sense for that to, to be the case. So they're doing Hawk's the right a thing loser. here. Yeah, Hawk is objectively a terrible Terrible partner choice. Yep, yep, that yeah. is true. Which is why you're the only people who you can get with are equally damaged. Yeah. As much <laughs> as as much as I love all of them, <laughs> except Fenris because he threw a bottle of wine at me while I was dating him, which was a red flag move if I've ever seen one. What the fuck, Fenris? <laughs> yeah. I, I try I try and like Fenris. He's so uh, he's so difficult. Yeah, I understand Fenris's problems. Yeah. I would never do the whole like you know put him back into slavery. Oh my line, god, no! Is, I can't. I did disgusting. that. I tried that once with an objectively evil hawk who'd already handed who'd already handed Isabella over to the arrow shop, and that felt bad enough. Yeah, I was the only thing that made me not feel bad about that is that you then at the beginning of Act 3, you get the Codex entry saying Isabella promptly escaped and ran away. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, thank God. <laughs> they didn't mind wipe her. Oh, man. Sten and Bull, though, talking about the Canari. Uh, Two very different sides of being yeah. raised under the cune right there. <laughs> Jack. <laughs> yeah, before I'm just like every character in Dragon Age, and here is why about every single one, <laughs> which you could do. I could I easily no do. Uh, my next one is a, another kind of everyone type situation. Hmm. Every single tabletop character I have ever been. Yes, <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm yeah. I'm going to jump in on this and say every single tabletop character I've ever been. I'm going to say every single tabletop character I have ever DM'd. Yeah, that too. Because I, I, I've not played in a lot of games. Well, I played in a lot of games, but a long time ago. Um, yeah, I would say I'm as invested in Squeak as I am in any of my own characters. Oh, I think yeah. <laughs> every character I've DM'd comes under the same heading, yeah. Oh. I, mean, you know, I loved being Ducky in, in uh, GCPD. And I loved Ducky. My, Ducky was my, great. My uh, avatar-inspired alchemist in oh, FMA, yeah, with the amnesia. And, you know, my amnesiac, yeah. And just, just uh, uh, Samo- my Jonah. Samo- my, is he Samoan? My, yeah, my Jonah-inspired uh, ghost character. Oh yes, the marine biologist, the giant yeah. Samoan marine biologist. Yeah, who was a ca- who was a teddy bear. 
but can turn himself into an octopus <laughs> type thing. <laughs> I fucking love it. Geist is amazing. Geist was so good. That whole game was so good. You got you got locked in the attic and had to fucking German suplex an old lady through the floor. I know, it's amazing. <laughs> That's a really good pick. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, that is such yeah. a even, good pick. Even my, uh, my priest character from our, our, our short-lived D&D game. Oh yeah. god, yeah! Yeah, yeah like Coming all soon. of your D&D characters I wanted to... I'm, I'm so glad, I, I'm so sad that I bailed out of that. I really want to... Rework the campaign to something yeah. more tenable and do it again. We yeah. will absolutely do it again. I, know, I love. My, which, I can't remember what I because I can never remember what all the D and D races are. You were a halfling. Some, no, was I a halfling? I'm sure yeah. I was. I wasn't a halfling. Pretty sure no. you were a halfling. Yeah, I think you were a halfling. Was I? Yeah. Yes, because you, you were mistaken for a child. You were. A I was definitely a small sorcerer. I was definitely a yeah. I was a sorcerer, and I was one of yeah. the very small races. But I don't so sure you were a halfling. Either a halfling or a gnome. Might have been. Oh, gnome! It was a gnome. Was it gnome? It was a gnome. Found, yeah. It was small. Yeah, I found yes. the back page of the sheet, but that doesn't <laughs> give me any information. That just says that my spell cast was warlock archfey, which I knew. Uh, even even like Josh's Death Watch game that I played in the way back in the day. Wow! Oh man, my first, my second ever forty um, k character who was an agoraphobic space mutant who just wanted to live in the vents and got really. Oh yeah, the voidborn <laughs> that never came out of the vents. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I think my only I've I've had two forty k characters. One was uh, Night Sergeant Richter. Who was yeah. the Imperial the, the Death Corps of Kriegsman with one arm? He was amazing. I, I really liked him. He was he was a fun character to play because he was like absolutely terrifying because he wore the gas mask all the time and just looked like yeah. this horrifying vision of you know death on the battlefield. But it was actually completely massively reasonable because you know, once you've seen that much shit on the battlefield, you want to make sure everyone around you is kind of comfortable and happy. Um, My giant tech marine guy. Yeah. Kind of like Right, boss. The and the other side of the spectrum being uh, brother Gerhard Ptolemaeus. Ptolemaeus, my uh, Black Templar character, who oh my god, I definitely was not invested in in that I liked him, but it was definitely the most invested I've been in a character in terms of the challenge of role playing them. Yeah, because, the character was yeah, like you, you have your your character who your character personality trait from what sort of chapter they are. In his case, it was zealous. Oh. He's a Black Templar. So he's a religious fundamentalist, and then you ran. You can pick then a personality trait for your character, uh, or you can randomly determine one. It's like you know what, fuck it, I'll randomly determine one, and I got Hyas. Oh no! So among the most religious fundamentalist fanatic monster space marines, he was considered a bit of a fundy, <laughs> <laughs> and he was such a challenge to play, and he was such an absolutely unapologetic. Piece of shit. Characters we all got invested in. Derek. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Derek was amazing. Uh, the uh, NPC uh, who should have died. He was supposed to die. I but refused we to loved kill him. him. <laughs> <laughs> you had one shot. I mean, we all we are all in be- invested in Beth. Oh <laughs> shit! It Beth is even an, she, she is an NPC now, but man, man. in 
In Befted. Yeah. Yes, in Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that is an in-joke that will soon become a shared joke. It is. Yeah. Once, once I do some audio editing on this laptop. I would have to say, actually, in terms of RPG characters I've played that I've been invested in, I would have to put two very much at the top of that pantheon. Mm. Uh, one being Zia. Yeah. A character I played through an entire Giovanni Chronicles campaign with and then brought back to be the primary antagonist in a campaign I ran years later. Uh, and Karen Harrington. Oh, God. Karen. A Starfleet yes. officer that I put, God, over 11 years of RPG time into. That led Fuck. to you discovering the, um, the David Webber books. Yes, that, yes, because yeah. everyone kept saying that she reminded that them of Honor Harrington. Yeah, is, is the name you... in honor of Honor Harrington, and I was like, I've never heard of Honor Harrington, and yeah, they that led me on to reading the now what thirteen book long Honor Harrington space opera saga and its spin-offs. I think that is why I always get confused and think Honor is black when she's half Chinese because Kaz was black. But she wasn't black, she was Klingon. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Initially, she wasn't Klingon, right? She's had an 11-year storyline, all right? Yeah. She was born as a half-Klingon whose Klingon genes were recessive, making her rejected in every society, so she appeared perfectly human, just bigger. Um, just, so she <laughs> the was best an... thing about being half-human and half-Klingon is when I grow up, everyone will accept me. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So she was unnaturally big and strong and more powerful than she had any reason to understand, and her adolescence was a problem. Um, but the Klingons, of course, completely rejected her because she looked human. It was, God, it was eight or nine years into her storyline when her ship encountered an alien derelict uh, in the... Uh, Gamma Quadrant. Oh, so I thought that the skin was part of her being Klingon. No, no, and it she was, was just... a black woman. Oh, <laughs> I thought it was because she that was like the only Klingon trait she'd inherited, but that's like even better. No, so, she was yeah. just a black woman. Um, oh. uh, she found a, uh, a ship stranded in the Gamma Quadrant from an unknown species, which when the crew boarded, they were all infected with nanotechnology that was um, basically constant Medicare. So it was doing all sorts of genetic repair and stuff. Like the Doctor Who episode, the Are You My Mummy one. But yes, very that. much like yeah. that. And this was good news for 90% of the crew because they all came away much, much healthier. Uh, in Kaz's oh, my case, asthma's though, gone. I mean, yes. I, bet they all, I, bet they, I bet asthma's covered under things they're allowed to fuck with in the uh, Federation. Yeah. Uh, but in Kaz's case, the technology identified the recessive genes as a genetic flaw because uh, reasons and reprogrammed her into being a full-blooded Klingon, which caused a bit of an identity crisis, but from that point on, she was a Klingon, yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Like I said, there's 11 years of storylines with Kaz. I could go on. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was there for like maybe one and a half to two of those years. Yes, yeah. right at the back end. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Playing, I have to say, another great character. Oh, Doctor Salah. Yes. Oh my god, the Gorm Doctor. Yes, I've heard the legend of him. <laughs> he is what I I I really want to make. If we ever do uh, in honor of the Gorm Doctor, and also in spite of 
whichever character that was like, oh, you'd never see a Klingon psychologist. That motherfucker, yeah. Even mm. though that is objectively wrong, as proved by the episode where the Klingons help Garrick through his claustrophobia. Mm. I really want to make a, a Klingon medic, like a nurse or therapist or psychologist. Yeah, I, I, I love those sorts of characters. And when, when I, I don't even think I was trying to go for something like that. I was just like, I was just going through a phase where I really wanted to play a big fucking lizard man. And, <laughs> and what was missing from the crew was a doctor. So I was like, ah, oh, like, you know what? Let's go for it. Big, massive, gone dude. Feed two birds with one scone. Yeah, exactly. Ah, that's fucking Peter. I'm avoiding specious language. Ah. <laughs> Sorry, that's a completely separate thing. How but, are they not a full chance flag? This is your this is your one. Please yeah. tell us more. No, I mean you guys have nailed it. You know, it's that thing of <laughs> Fuck, we keep like just... creating characters that you just you get in you can't not get invested in it because it's something you have created. Yeah. And if you go, if you don't feel invested in your character, then maybe you know, it's one of the things. This isn't the right thing for you. Then. Yeah, you need to feel invested yeah. in them because you're going to be putting hours into this person yeah. and possibly years. <laughs> possibly years. Yeah. I mean, Chris, look at even looking at like Zoe's character in in Changeling. She has created entire uh, physical notebooks and stuff to go along with it. I like to yeah. make. I like to, and I've even considered making NPC sheets for the friends to make sure that they all get. <laughs> There's every reason to do that. Having stats yeah. on particular characters is actually really useful for DMs. So please yeah. go ahead. <laughs> and it also means that when they, sorry, it also means that if they disappear, <laughs> or if things happen to them, then you'll have a sheet to apply the changeling template to. Changeling template. Well, yes, oh, optimistic. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm 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 glad you're going with changeling and not you know wraith. Mm. People die, Simon. Oh yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I was being optimistic after yeah. a fashion. I think I'd rather die and turn into a ghost than get kidnapped <laughs> yeah. by change by fairies. But then I am very yeah. racist against the fae. We know this. I mean, they are just dicks. Yeah, man. Whenever you, whenever I on sort of. Pagan Tumblr. I see people going like, "I want to work with the Fae," and I'm like, <laughs> "Good luck." <laughs> Those motherfuckers can pay their own way. Yeah, they're gonna. How do I call fairies to be my spiritual help? And I'm like, "Yeah, your life being ruined." Yes. Uh, RPG characters. Yeah, it's a good choice. That is a very good choice. Well, my next one. Um, having just said in my last pick that I don't invest in the protagonists, I'm now yeah, doing yeah. a double pack of two protagonists. <laughs> You're right. a hypocrite too. Ah, but this is the thing. <laughs> I didn't invest in either of them while they were the protagonist. In both cases, it was seeing their story from the outside that made me really care. Oh, yeah. I'm throwing in both 9S and 2B from Near Automata. Ah. Uh, yeah. Because I invested in each of them because of the relationship, the relationship that had to be seen from the outside of each individual character for me to invest in each one. 
Right. They, their dynamic is fascinating because you don't see it all at first. It is told so slowly, revealed so drip feed throughout the multiple playthroughs it takes to get to the true ending of that game. Mm. That I mean, it's it's a good system because you start the game learning the game. The, the start of the game is about how do I traverse this world? How do I do the combat? Um, how do I you know engage with all of the mechanics? Mm. As you perfect that, you start to learn more about, oh, what's going on in this world? Uh, all these characters around me, what's their deal? And you learn more about that aspect of the game. And then it's only when you've mastered both how to play and what the circumstance is, you revisit the game again and go, wait, what the fuck's going on with us? And at that point, you're not being distracted by the mechanics or the plot because you know that, and you can really start to dig in to the relationship between 2B and 9S, and that's where the game takes you. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, we're gonna... There's some stuff we've alluded to, and now we're going to raise the curtain and show you what we're talking about. And it's it's gut-wrenching. Those two characters, by the end of it, I was fully invested in the pair of them. They are wonderful, wonderful characters. And God, God damn you, Nero Automata. God damn you, my heart can only take so much. <laughs> so yes, I was a little bit preempted on that one by Shaded Sprite, who was like, oh, when I said queer girls and robots, just said, okay, which near automata character is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, fair. Man, you and robots. <laughs> what? To be fair, robots are decent people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Better than people. It's true. Yeah. Oh, man, you used to always make me really, really upset about that robot in that one, <laughs> old, in that one Old Republic flashpoint. If yep. you had, if you had um, a particular gathering skill... Or was it the craft? It was a skilled little hat, anyway. I think it was the crafting skill. Yeah, you could fix a little broken droid to come and help you for a bit in this flashpoint, but eventually it would just wear down and lie down again, and you couldn't fix it again. And I would be there just going, it's not getting up, Zoe. Why, why isn't it getting up? <laughs> help it, Zoe. Help it. Why aren't you helping? <laughs> she got so upset. <laughs> that that was one of the meanest things I've ever done it to you. Really it really was. It really was. Like, and because we're probably not going to do another round because this podcast is going on, I would say mm. the other one on my list that I'm not going to get to that I wanted to was, uh, and I won't go into it in too much depth, but just to put the nail into the queer girls and robots uh, would be Project Twenty Five Hundred One, the major. And Ooh. what they become. Yeah. yeah. That's, That's the true. ultimate queer girls and robots cap to my list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kyrie. Uh, I'll do a, a double bill for my, for my last one. Um, I, I thought of a one to buck the trend for, for my list. In that it's not a video game character. I'm but it a is child. a child? I mean, there's certain <laughs> values of child. This is going to come up probably a lot in future as it's coming to Netflix soon. Ah. Uh, Shinji Ikari. 
Get in the fucking robot. And also, fucking robot Shinji. Also, Asuka Langley saw you. I was going to say Asuka more than Shinji for me. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. Like when I first watched Ava, I hated all the pilot characters, and now I'm looking <laughs> back at it, going, "Oh God, protects these fucking muffins." Well, See, yeah. When I, you're I would that say... age, when you're that age, you're, you're like, when you're a teenager and you watch it, you're like, "Oh, why are they being such idiots?" Uh, yeah. I, and then when you're older, you're like, this is a child! Why are you putting a child in this situation? <laughs> they don't know what they're doing. They're children. And and I've I seen the thing, like, not liking Shinji, and I, like, I totally understand. And I, I mostly come at it from this perspective of the old, the old joke of Shinji getting the fucking robot. Yeah. And the thing people seem to forget is that people tell old Shinji to get in the fucking robot, and then Shinji gets in the fucking robot and does the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he doesn't start off being great at it, but no. he does keep doing it. Yeah. There is there is one instance where they tell him, Shinji, get out of the fucking robot. And you know what? He doesn't, he doesn't do it. Yeah. Because he's gonna stay in that robot and he's going to smash everything and everyone. So I'm like, you know what? That kid got a spine when he needs it. Although, without wanting to spoil anything about Ava for anyone who's not seen it, uh, in terms of the characters, if we're talking about investment emotionally, the one that provokes the strongest emotion. I would say Asuka above Shinji, but above yes. Asuka, Unit Zero. Oh, fucking hell. Um, yeah. Unit Zero scares the shit out of me, but also, like, there's a lot of. There, there are complex there. emotional responses <laughs> yeah. going on to Unit Zero in that I, one. I also, I also feel really loath to mention any, like, uh, misgivings about a character in that, like, oh, I feel like this should have happened or this shouldn't have happened because I feel like. Anno will hear us. And, and then he'll do it, but he'll do it yeah. in a way that makes you feel sorry for ever having ever having questioned him. Hideaki Anno has a monkey's paw in place of a heart. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, when, when the Ava series finished, uh, <laughs> when, it, when it finished, like, a load of Asuka fans complained that, you know, she didn't have a cool send-off moment. She kind of and in then the end series, of Ava happened. Yeah, in the series, like the last we really see of her is like just going away after she gets horribly, horribly mentally scarred by one of the angels. Um, and they were like, "Well, she doesn't get a good, big, dramatic, climactic fight. Like she's the ass kicking character, and the the climax of the series happened, and she just didn't do anything." I'm already just going. Oh, because I know what you're building to. <laughs> yeah, and then Anna was like, "Okay, fine, I'll give her a big climactic fight." Yeah, and oh, fucking hell! Like no one ever, ever needs to ever talk to Anno Hideaki ever again. <laughs> Don't put any ideas in that man's head. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like Oscar, oh, Oscar's shit. moment in End of Ava is is a thing. Yeah. That is a thing. Woof. Woof. She did not des- like. I don't. Like, a lot of people don't like Asuka, and I think even they would have to admit, like, she doesn't deserve what the fuck happened. Oh God, no! Why the fuck don't they like Asuka? A lot of people like. I I think it's primarily um, uh, there's the big divide between Japanese and Western fans. Oh, is that she's not Japanese fans love Ray, hate Asuka. Oh, Western because she's fans- not cute and submissive enough. She she's not the Yamato Nadeshko. She's, she's not brash sort of, and loud, and she is very she is very gaijin. Yes, um, 
she says what she feels. She yells and shouts and is quite. She is quite petty in a lot, a lot of occasions. Again, you know, fourteen-year-old girl. Say, she's a fourteen-year-old girl. Exactly. She's, she's also lost a pilot, a giant robot that is made of spoilers. It's <laughs> <laughs> powered by spoilers. She's she's also very physical. You know, she roughs people up and yeah. She's a like, soldier. She's- yeah, I mean, and that's she's the thing is a child. She's a child what, soldier. That at its heart is what mecha anime is sort of all about. Is yeah. it, it's something that happened with Gundam Wing as well. It's basically just people going, "You guys like mecha anime?" And like, "Yeah," goes, but all the characters are like children. Goes, yeah, so they're like you know we have child characters in all these anime shows. Like, yeah, but it's about war. Yeah, this is about child soldiers, and it it took certain series like Gundam Wing and like uh, Ava to just go. That's fucked. Child up, guys. soldiers are not cool. Yeah, it it was um, an important thing to put into the giant robot franchises. I think. Yeah. Which then leads me accidentally to segue onto my next character. We're gonna go through these quickly because I know we're sort of pressed for time on this. Um, which is Raiden from Metal Gear Solid Two, mm. who is another character that a lot of people hate um, because of the way he's brought into it. He's basically there to be not Solid Snake. We were promised in this game you will play as Solid Snake, and instead you play as a guy who was trained on VR missions and played video games, so that he is basically as good as Solid Snake. Mm. Um, I feel like maybe there was a slight dig at the fandom there, um, and everyone seems to hate him because he's constantly just like in over his head, and he's not dealing with it like a cool, calm, collected uh, soldier. This is his first go. It's his first field mission. And his first actual his, Well, mission. it's his first actual field mission for Foxhound, which it then turns out is not really a thing. It's fucking complicated. Um, I expected nothing less. And yeah, and then you go through his his like storyline with his girlfriend, who is also like part of Mission Control. Um, Rose. Rose, no. And uh, yeah, she's basically just like going on about him about how she finds him like she she loves him but she does find like his guardedness very very creepy in places like the fact that she um she said the scariest thing that ever happened to her was when she went to his room once and realized that there was literally just a bed and a desk and that's it like no decorations no nothing in there um and basically you go into this thing essentially it turns out he was himself a child soldier mm. Mm. Um, and he has all of these these pent things, and he basically just says, "I'm dealing with it. I'm fine. I'm not harboring anything that's going on there." But it's very it's left very open as to whether that's true or whether he's just hiding a lot of stuff. <laughs> so people just go, "Oh, he's a whingy like not Mary Sue character, but like he's just this whingy. We, we wanted to play Snake, and he's not this super badass." And I'm like, he is very much, you know, dealing with some PTSD, and is also way in over his head on this ridiculous, stupid Hideo Kojima mission. <laughs> He's so much better than Solid Snake, because Solid Snake would have done all of this with while smoking a cigarette and, like, you know, then said some pithy, not one-liner, but, like, made some pithy comment after beating the boss. Yeah. Whereas Raiden beats the boss and is then just like, holy shit, this whole building just caught fire! <laughs> I gotta get out of here! Like, I really like Raiden for that. He is very believable in a very non-believable world. And then he comes back in Metal Gear Solid 4 and he is a cyborg ninja. Fair enough. Um, but we'll, we'll pretend that didn't happen. Um, and my very, very last one is every character from Silent Hill 2. <laughs> because that game 
punishes you and calls you out for getting invested and caring about characters. Um, to, to give a rough non-spoilery uh, description of it, um, you play a character who has basically, I've, I've, I'm sure I've gone through this before on the, on the show, but just for any new listeners, um, you play James Sunderland, who has received a letter from his wife saying, hey, I'm w- uh, waiting for you in Silent Hill in our special place. And he thinks, well, that's weird, because, you know, she didn't specify which special place. Oh, also, she died a couple of years ago. That is weird. Well, I'm going to go to Silent Hill and find out what's going on. And whilst in Silent Hill, you, uh, whilst trying to figure out what's going on, who wrote the letter, uh, how did how do they know about, you know, your wife and... Um, and then it's like, but what if it is his wife? But no, she died a few years ago. So, but did she or didn't she? Um, and you meet another character called Maria. So your wife is Mary and this woman is called Maria, who is this sort of uh, much more sort of um, glamorized kind of sexed up version of your memory of your wife. Like she's sort of wearing this very thick makeup and the short skirt and low cut blouse and all that kind of stuff. Um, and she is sort of like this escort mission thing. Like she'll follow you around to all the, the places. And without giving away any of the, the plotline stuff, if you spend your time looking after her, as in if you make sure she doesn't get hurt by any of the enemies in-game, if you really, really pay attention to what's going on, you will get one of the worst endings in the game. <laughs> <laughs> because the game is like, hey, you're here to find your wife. Oh, but you found this, this conveniently high libido stand-in for your wife. Oh, I guess she doesn't mean all that much to you then, if, if someone can just replace her. And it punishes you for protecting the escort mission character. That's devious. I like it. It's horrible. <laughs> there are so many weird little quirks you can get for um, different endings. And another character that turns up in it is is Angela, who is one of the most heartbreaking characters in any video game I've played. Um, and she basically calls you out because her whole thing is that this... I won't go into what it is, but there is some horrible, horribly traumatic stuff uh, going on in her past and as to why she's in Silent Hill. Um, I mean, that's true of like anybody who ends up in Silent Hill. In her case, she's one of the few characters where, like, you can point to and go, "No, she doesn't deserve this." Uh, a load of people okay. end. A load of people end up in Silent Hill because they're guilty about what they've done in certain things. Angela is guilty about what she's done, but is entirely blameless about it. But she was told it was a bad thing that she did, and that she's going to hell for it, and therefore she is punishing herself. Mm. And you basically just want to go look. It's okay. You're not at fault. It's it's okay. We'll get you through this. And she basically the, the last interaction you have with her in that game is her calling you out and saying, "What are you just gonna take it all away? Like make me feel better? Are you gonna be my white knight and come in and save me and make it so that none of this stuff happened?" And you're like, "Well, no, I I can't I can't do that." And she's like, "Well, so what? Do you, do you, were you thinking we were just gonna like?" put all this behind us, like you and I would suddenly like, you know, fall in love, we'd have a happy ending or some of that. And you just sort of stand there playing this game and going, shit, yeah, I'm I'm wanting to help this character, like rescue her, because that's what you do in video games. Oh. I'm not a very nice person. <laughs> it's not that easy. It's not that it like Problems like that, you don't just fix by just doing a, an escort mission or just saving a character in a, in a cutscene. Oh, and that's the last you see of her, and she's basically just like, leave me alone. Don't, don't even try. And it's like, 
fuck. The game caught, like punishes you and calls you out if you try and do if you try and get invested in the lives of characters who you shouldn't be invested and in. And indeed follow the tropes of video games. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's so fascinating. Again, I will do a stream of Silent Hill 2 because I, I finally found my HD collection of Silent Hill games. Um, so I will definitely be doing a stream of that one because I will try and get my ending, which is not the good ending. It's not the worst ending, but it ain't the good ending. <laughs> is it the, the everything was done by the dog ending? That is another great ending, as is the UFO ending, which is where a UFO lands and the protagonist from the first game comes out but he still looks like he does in the PlayStation 1 graphics. <laughs> so he's got, a flat, he's got a flat JPEG face and everything, but surrounded by PlayStation 2 characters. And he just turns up, and the first thing he says is, Hi, I'm looking for my daughter. Have you seen her? And then the aliens blast you both and drag you onto the spaceship and fly away with you. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> yeah. So there we go. Those are, those are my, my characters. That I wanted to end on that note for me, because, yeah, yeah I like some yeah. yeah, calling out people on that shit. Yeah, I don't really know. I don't think I can follow that, to be honest. Oh shit! Sorry. Well, it is your turn, so now you have to. Well, I can't really sort of. I can either think of lots more or none more, so I think I'll just leave it there. Okay, fair enough. Cool. <laughs> no quick honourable mentions. Uh, Harley Quinn. See, I was hoping she'd come up. Yeah. Yeah, she deserves better. She does. She deserves better than anything DC ever does with her. This is the problem, though. I feel like I don't actually like Harley Quinn. I like an idea of Harley Quinn that I have in my head. Mm, River, River Song. Yes, yes, River Song should be on your list for sure. Yes, seeing as you you were you were present for the saga of the um, episodes running up to her big reveal. I was and indeed. How invested and stressed I got and the fact that I spent the entirety of Demon's Run Good Man Goes to War clapping my hands in excitement and it all just went exactly how I thought it would go which is extremely rare (laughs) in a Moffat Doctor Who episode because usually he sets up all this good shit and then just does nothing with it and does nothing with it and you're like oh but that time he really pulled it together and I was just like oh my god this 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 all of this similarly Amy Amy Pond where people will say oh she's really overly aggressive and ridiculous and why does she keep changing jobs all the time and is this something Moffat is saying about all women somehow and I'm like no she is an extremely traumatised person and she constantly acts out and that's fair. With massive abandonment issues. With massive abandonment issues for good reasons because she remembers an entire universe where her parents and most of the people in that universe just disappeared for no reason and no one did anything about it she was accidentally gaslighted her entire life by about, reality by by psychiatrists and child therapists about the existence of the doctor like they didn't know he wasn't an imaginary friend but you know she was constantly being told no that's your imaginary friend you made him up she bit the psychiatrist you know <laughs> that kind of thing she has this complicated relationship with her with her childhood sweetheart, and then she gets pregnant and then gets kidnapped and has her baby stolen. So, like, yeah, she has the right to keep switching jobs and 
not really know what she wants to do with her life. Yes. Thank you very much. A, a lot of her behavioural <laughs> flaws are understandable in context. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, River Song, definitely. I'm just hugely invested in River. A lot of people don't like her, but I love her and I will always love her. Jack. Right. Uh, my last one. Uh, I would have to say uh, the entire cast <laughs> or the every single character from Brooklyn the One Piece franchise. From oh, One, Piece. One Piece franchise. Hmm. One Piece. Yeah. There's like a billion characters in there. <laughs> there is. And you get invested in every single one. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, I've been I've been reading this series since the nineties and it's still ongoing. And every arc it just gets more and you get more and more invested in all the characters as you learn more and more about them. Now these are the, these are characters that I've you know I've been reading for twenty years, and Oda is still bringing out bits to keep the characters interesting. And yeah, heroes, villains, side characters, everyone in this series is just so interesting, and you want to know what's happened to them, why they are the way they are, and what will happen to them as the story progresses. So much so that his, his chapter artwork for most releases are flashbacks to characters you meet earlier in the series going, here's what's happened to them in the past two years of the story. <laughs> or them reacting to when the crew get a new bounty when they get when their bounties go up, and they go, you see them reacting to how much they now are worth, <laughs> and it's just like they keep you invested in characters you completely forget about, characters that return from storylines which were like fifteen years ago. Like there's a villain uh, character that you meet in. Uh, an arc after they go into the Grand Line who recently reappeared in a more um, in the last couple of years and he's now had, he's now no longer a villain he's had redemption because of what Luffy and the crew did to him and it's just like yeah th this series is just I cannot put it down and I will always go back to it, and I will always watch it, and I always recommend to people to it. I've started to get Evie to watch it now. Oh, she's like, we gonna watch that pirate show, Dad? <laughs> I'm like, yes, yes, we are. That's cute. Yeah. Yeah. The entirety of one. Cool. That's a big entirety. Yeah. Oh, 91 volumes. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> and I'm going to exploit my position as being the person who closes out the show, just to throw a couple more out there. Um, oh! <laughs> just very... Share with this establishment. Just very quickly. 
Uh, Cyverdon, aka Justice of Torrens, in the Imperial Ratch series of novels by Anne Leakey. Uh, yes, I was gonna start coming. I, I was saying that, but I couldn't remember. And I'm like, how how invested can I be if I can't remember anybody's names? <laughs> but, but you know what I'm like with names. Yep. Who? I, I'm not sure if she quite fits the robot mold, but she does have the brain of a starship, so I'm, I'm going to count it. Uh, Elizabeth Salander from the Millennium Trilogy of Novels, uh, who I'm going to file under the queer girls category. Yay, <laughs> but not a robot. And uh, just just the last quick one, and I know how people react, but oh no, what a shame, it's the end of the show, I don't have time to defend myself. Starbuck from the Battlestar Galactica reboot. Yes, I said it. You have been listening to Dangerously Unprepared. <laughs> I have been Simon. I have been Jack. I have been Kyrie. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.